right, welcome to Beneath the Cows Cosplay Alliance podcast. We are celebrating black cosplayers, black excellence in the shortest month of the year, but I'm not going to get into that. Uh, <laughs> this will be an unapologetically black podcast discussion uh, featuring some amazing cosplayers. We're going to talk about racism, colorism, body shaming, elitism, uh, gatekeeping, uh, internalized impression, misogyny, and best practice uh, for community engagement. So uh, mm -hmm. let's get into it. Are we going to start with who's uh, Shakira? Oh. <laughs> Hi, I'm Shake Your Fawn. It's pronounced like Shake Your Fawn. Like you shake or something. Okay. Um, I've been cosplaying for about seven years, uh, technically publicly for about four years. Um, prior to that, I've just been crafting cosplays in my room. But um, yeah, I'm also a poet, a voice actress. I haven't been featured in any big stuff, but I'm wishing, I'm hoping. Um, my next con will be PoochieCon in March, where I'll be hosting a panel about plus size cosplayers and promoting body positivity. I'm a huge advocate for that. Um, mainly because I've been plus size all my life. And it's been kind of like, it has been hard to find cosplays and costumes in my size. So I just decided one day, let me craft it. And that's how I got into cosplay. Okay, CC. I love that. And by the way, don't ever play yourself, you know, with the voice acting. Like you, you're gonna be great. You ain't gonna find, you know. But anyway, hi everybody. Um, my name's Trana Lawson. Some people call me CC the Geek. I use she, her pronouns. Um, I'm live and direct from my desk <laughs> at, here at my um, lovely nine to five. But um, I am a cosplayer, an entrepreneur. Um, some people consider me an activist, a variety of many things. And I'm just happy to HBCU alum, um, you know, how we get down over here. But um, just happy to be in this space with y'all. I'm looking forward to having a really rich conversation. And I concur with the activism. Appreciate you. Yuri. Yeah, I'm uh, Yuri Williams from Los Angeles, California. Um, I've been cosplaying since 2009 after losing my mother to cancer. Uh, found that this was my calling and, uh, you know, I accepted it, finally took it under my belt and I've, you know, I love doing it. And a couple years ago, I did an interview with Yuri, uh, talking about it. So uh, if you want to go back and check out his uh, nonprofit, A Future Superhero and Friends, uh, it's somewhere on the YouTube channel. All right, Feminist Chronicles. Hi, I'm Jess, AKA Fem Feminist Chronicles. Um, I've been cosplaying for about seven years now. Um, and my whole drive and passion for cosplaying is to highlight strong female characters, femme fatales, villainesses, um, and to promote body positivity, anti-slut shaming, and self-expression through the art of cosplay. And I'm happy to be here. <laughs> All right, we're happy to have you. Venture Bros. Um, hey, everybody. My name is Venture Bros. Uh, my real name is Michael Allen. 
I uh, was a former captain in the United States Air Force, uh, now I'm in the civilian sector. I uh, started cosplaying in 2017. Mm -hmm. I've gotten cosplay of the year four times. I'm also a power lifter, uh, won the Midwest Open back in 2019 and 2020. And um, I specialize in cosplaying anime characters, game characters, old, old men characters, um, mustache characters, buff characters, uh, nerdy characters. I mean, if it's a character that gets my attention and I vibe with, I'm cosplaying. And that's pretty much how it is. Um, I will start off cosplaying when I was 305 pounds. So over the years, um, I gradually got in better shape because I was getting shamed a lot during cosplay and some other things. I mean, my daughter called me fat. So that was kind of the, the nail in the camel's back that had me like, okay, let me go ahead and start losing weight. But um, yeah, when I would cosplay, uh, you know, my first cosplay was Killer B. Everybody was fine with that because he's big. But my second cosplay was uh, Miles Morales. And everybody was like, oh, Miles got fat and stuff, you know what I'm saying? So I went through that body shaming a lot back when I first started cosplaying in 2017. So, um, but yeah, uh, cosplay has just been a way for me to express myself creatively. And over the years, it's been just a fun thing. And uh, once the hobby, once I start getting bigger as a cosplayer, the hobby start paying for itself and you know here we are all right mr captain america <laughs> and you know, our reigning one can, you know <laughs> <laughs> our reigning cosplayer of the year tafgar and i we can't see your video i don't know if you yeah, it's probably affecting the sound too Okay, so he's gonna jump back in there. Um, so seem like there's there's definitely been some experiences with body shaming. Uh, let's get into that. Uh, so how do you go about promoting like body positivity, and how do you deal with and how you deal with the negative aspects of it? There's a lot of groups. Oh, there goes Teflon right there. All right. Okay. Let's get your it's intro. Working. Yeah, it's working out. All right. Um, uh, Top Card Design. Uh, I'm a big Prince fan. It stands for the artist formerly known as Rouse. Uh, that's with the A-L-L-Y, not formerly. So uh, that's what everybody used to call me. Well, they used to call me by my last name when I played football. So that's how that came about. Uh, I found cosplay through, well, let's see, Dragon Con in 2018. I'm like, oh, oh shit, it's a parade. It Everybody's dressed up. And yeah, um, it's been up ever since then. I took a class at Joann's and then I found that I had a like for teaching people. So now I have a small, very small, small, modest business selling tutorials. And uh, in my spare time, at the local library, I teach children and people of all ages. I like to cosplay characters that don't show my face, mostly because I like to transform and I like the anonymity of it. So yeah, that's anything from Power Rangers to monsters. And uh, yeah, I would say my last year, I got more into showing my face. So that's the longest short of it. 
Show your face, man. Show your Black face. Black man got to be showing their face out here. Face we got to be known. There's like a handful of notorious cosplayers who never show their face. And there was one woman in particular who I guess because of her job or something, she like nobody knew who she was. Like, <laughs> but she was killing the game. <laughs> I can't when remember I first started, it was. When I first started doing like little dance videos on TikTok, mm -hmm. I would always wear the monorail mask. Like every time I did a dance one. And somebody asked like, why do you only do dance with this monorail? And I was like, uh... I want to show my face on dance. Okay. Okay, so we'll get into the body positivity discussion. Uh, how you deal with negativity and then how do you go about promoting positive? Uh... Oh, well, luckily for at least body positivity, and I don't know if uh, she experienced this, but I know for me, like, there's certain Facebook groups that are four plus size cosplayers. So before I lost weight, you know, they were real supportive. And once I started losing weight, they, no, you can't post it here no more. But before, you know, they're real supportive, you know, of plus size cosplayers and they'll share your stuff. And that community was really tight knit. And I was lucky to find them when I first started. Can you send those, those uh, Facebook groups over? Because I would really yeah. like to join them. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Like yeah. I said, when people start losing weight and they post something over there, they're like, hey, what are you doing? What? You're, not, you're not plus size anymore. <laughs> but but that's the that's the thing. Um for me, speaking from personal experience, um, like I've always been plus size my whole life. And I have my own body goals. But my thing is, is that while I'm trying to achieve those goals, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to like cosplay the characters that I want to, um, no matter what size I am currently. I'm not going to like miss out or like um, or say, oh, I, I can't fit into that cosplay and whatnot. I'll wait until I'm at a decent size mm -hmm. to, um, to cosplay that character. If I want to cosplay a character right now, I'm going to cosplay that character. I'm going to like craft something that's that's like... <laughs> my size body appropriate and do the best that i can and um i've always struggled with fat shaming body shaming uh, my whole life and it's been a very long journey um i said uh previously that i started cosplaying four years ago publicly because i felt insecure about my size and it took i'm i'm 29 right now so if it took me like, damn, I'm trying to do the math. 29 minus four, that's 25. If it took me 25 years to um to get to a place that I'm comfortable in showing mm -hmm. my body, then I, I can't imagine how it could feel for other people. Yeah. So everyone has their body goals. Everyone has their experiences. Um, everyone um everyone has different reactions when it comes to body shaming and fat shaming. And it's not an easy road. Well, one of the pluses to it, I know, I felt that one of the pluses side to it, to being plus size, <laughs> was uh, I had to learn how to create my own cosplay. So everything I was trying to order offline would not fit. Like anything I ordered when it was 2X, it was always way too tight. It didn't look right. So that's when I had to learn how to create my own cosplay was because of the fact that I was too big for them. So I don't know if you had to do that yourself as well. Yes, and um, because of that, I'm learning new crafts, learning new techniques. Like it, it expands your, it expands like your whole 
world when it comes to cosplay. You develop a hobby and a craft. And I'm so happy that that like, well, I'm not happy that like you had to go through all of that, but I'm happy that you eventually <laughs> um, learned a craft and look at you now. Hey, well, I, I prefer to get called fat versus getting called the N-word, which happens <laughs> like every time I cosplay, you know what I'm saying? So. Really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. But this is, I, I, I just wanna, cause about the, uh, the N-word, right? So. Has anyone ever called you that in person? Oh, <laughs> you see me in person. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. The big six two black man now. Nah, I ain't saying that in my face. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't not in many years. Um, and usually I find it interesting. Um, usually if I'm called the N-word, especially by a man, they add the B word after it. So it's like that they feel the need to like insert like, oh, by the way, I'm misogynist and racist, you know? <laughs> like, you had somebody in person say that to you or was this online rhetoric uh, at a convention? On, not at a convention, no, 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 no. Okay, got it, got it. No. Yeah, and pe people are not that bold. I, I haven't had any experience where anybody said anything crazy to me in person, but mm -hmm. online it's like part of the course for people to say whatever they want to say. Yeah, for sure. Here's a funny story. Actually, I was not too far from here. Um, coming from work, I used to work down the street and um, where they call 14th and K, it's like the belly of the beast in DC. And I was crossing the street and I had just made the light and the guy who turned, I guess I ain't moved fast enough for him. And he rolled down his window. He's like, do you even speak English? And I'm like, I'm a black American, you fucking idiot. <laughs> he thought I was, I don't know what he thought I was, but I just thought that was funny. Like you just see something that doesn't look like you when you just wow. assume, automatically assume that I'm a foreigner, you know? Like, he, he had that one lined up waiting to say that to somebody. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, give me a reason, definitely. And I just, I just started laughing like, you dumbass. Yeah, outside the nerd space, you could hear outside the nerd space, you definitely probably could hear somebody calling you the N-word. But in the nerd space, yeah, they'll nah. never do it in person, but online, It'll, they'll sure. come by the loads. Like, it'll be like I told people, and me and Jay Hotson, we're in the podcast. This was a couple of years back. And he was like, um, he was like, I just block them. I don't even say anything. I delete their comments. But when I first started going viral, mm -hmm. I used to sit there and argue with them. I'm like, oh, yo, mama's this. And as soon as they call me the N word, yeah. I keep arguing back. And uh, it's just so many. It, it'll be like over a thousand people dropping the inbox, especially when I first did Omni Man. It was like, oh, Omni nigga and all this. And it was just like loads. And I was trying to get at everybody, but it was so many after a while, you're just like, okay, let me just block them. Let me just block yeah. them. Yeah. And not for nothing, I feel like there's a huge like colorist element to that because I don't experience that nearly as much as like, I don't know, you, told, you and I have talked about this where like you're like every time you cosplay somebody calls you out, you know, the N-word. And I'm just like, that's not, now what I do experience is people hypersexualizing me. Like they'll make sexually suggestive comments and it, I, it don't matter what I'm wearing. Like it really don't matter what I'm wearing. No, what it, was I'm talking thing, about. It, was, it was one of the posts that you and I both did together when we cosplay Omni Man and Debbie. Yes, and they, they kept calling me a it was crazy, but it was like they was doing like they were just doing it because they was looking for a reason because they know that that's like, oh, I, but you watch this whole show and that's the one thing you picked up and you talking to me and calling me that like I'm not a real person. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just I'm just a person cosplaying her. I'm not 
her. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it's weird. The fetishization is of it is when like kind of in their mind you are that character and you're there to. And I've even had guys say this where they're like, um, you know, as an influencer, your job is to like please me and impress me. And I'm just like, you do realize that like I'm doing this on my own and you just so happen to follow me. Like you're not subscribed to me. And even if you were like. I don't know. Mm -hmm. They they like to project their their ideas of who you should be, what you should be, and they'll just they'll throw it at you. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, to to your point, I feel like also the colorist aspect of it. I haven't received that many comments, Mm -hmm. but I have had comments where there's there's a racial component to it. Mm -hmm. So I remember when I did my my Hinata cosplay. So ori- they think they're they're so original, right? When they come up with these racist names, they were calling me Nigata. And <laughs> wow. I had to sit there and I was just like, "You really took the time to fix your fingers to to type that, and yeah, you thought it was okay. clever and funny, and it's actually really corny and lame." Uh, and not only that, but you know, uh, they do come. You you get those racist comments, but I can't imagine every time that I post a comment, somebody has something to say. Um, it, it, I don't know why people have so much time on their hands to just say ignorant. Can we cuss on this co- on this podcast? Yeah, you, you, <laughs> ignorant shit. <laughs> get it out. Get it out. So just trying to hold back a little bit. You know, right, 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 right. Let, like, let me not get too hot on here. <laughs> and even even if it isn't like saying nigga, right? They might be like, oh, black Batman. Like, no, bro, I, I, I'm I'm just Batman. Yeah, I'm not the black whoever insert character. Right, right, right. I'm just Batman. Right, Right, or whatever stereotype and stuff they want to project on you. But oddly, interestingly enough, I think that a lot of it, like that's the the more overt piece of it, right? And that we kind of see online, it's easy for that to kind of be pointed out. And a lot of those people who make those comments are really people on the outskirts of like the nerd community. They're not in the cosplay community per se, but I think that like within the cosplay community, you do see a lot of like the community, first of all, super segregated, super, super segregated. Um, Even like in terms of my feed, like the algorithm primary, I mean, maybe that's also because I just be liking black shit, but (laughs) the algorithm primarily just feeds me black cosplayers. But even like, as I see the community and how like people move and I get it to some extent, like it's a natural thing for us to do. But I also noticed that there are like certain uh, cosplayers who aren't black who won't work with black cosplayers, right? Where on our side, it almost feels like a rite of passage where if you wanna be a big cosplayer and if you wanna be mainstream and if you wanna be recognized by uh, the community at large, you gotta be willing to work with non-black people, right? Um, And it's nothing wrong with that, but it's like, you shouldn't have to feel like you have to do that in order to be accepted, um, you know. I think it's a lot more nuanced when you get into the weeds of it. Cause nobody, like you said, Fem- Feminist Chronicles, no one's gonna go up to you and call you out your name. So they're gonna, it's gonna manifest itself in other ways. Right. So there's a lot of different types of racism, right? So you have people who will call you the N word, but then you have, you know, photographers who don't want to work with you because you're black. Mm-hmm. You got other big cosplayers who won't work with you because you're black. And this is like common, like ever since I've been in a community, I've seen, you know, and um, so there's a lot of different racism you'll deal with. I mean, you'll go to a con and you might not be treated the same as like other guests. 
Right. And it, it's, just, it's just really disappointing, you right. know. And as black people, we're kind of geared to like, you know, okay, we're not going to let that stop us. But that doesn't change the fact that it shouldn't happen, period. Right. Right. Oh, facts. Right. Speaking on, um, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. You got it. <laughs> uh, speaking on, on toxicity in the cosplay community, um, it, it's just so many people who criticize how you cosplay, right. um, especially like for a black cosplayer like myself. Um, I remember one year I went to Anime NYC. I went as Esdeath and I had my hair I had box braids and I had them um, painted like waxed blue and someone, I'm not going to like say their race or whatever, but you already know, they're going to comment and say, oh, you could have just wore a wig. Why did you have to um, color your, your braids? And they almost touched my hair. I'm like, no, do not. And like, I'm trying to explain like, there are so many things that black people can do to cosplays that will make it like 100% better. And it's, it's just customizing it to, to like um, how comfortable we are with it. Like me, I don't necessarily wear wigs. I like to style my hair in, in the style of a character. Like I wear box braids, I'm gonna get colored wax. And then I have like, white people telling me oh no that's not accurate you should just wear a wig no that's and, and, and this is where cosplay your way comes in like it don't you don't have to be accurate like i like seeing different interpretations of cosplays i love i love to see you know the differences and people that's where you're being creative not just doing exactly what's out there and uh venture bros we were on the panel literally talking about natural black hair and how you can use it in cosplays and and how it's like just a way you can like you know show your culture show you know different things as a black person and just still be dope in cosplay um most times i am i i mean it depends on what i'm cosplaying i do i will wear a wig but most times it's not anime sometimes i have worn kind of the anime wig but sometimes i try to like really incorporate my blackness into my hair design joints. Yeah. It's like, just so like, like the people when they've done certain characters. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But when I do certain characters, I like to do a lot of anime characters. So a lot of the characters I do, they have long hair, you know what I'm saying? And it, it's it's their whole style. So when I started cosplaying, I was like, okay, I don't feel like I look right with a straight hair wig. I just don't feel like I do. So <laughs> I was like, all right, you know what, let me get a lock wig. And if the character is has blue hair, I might not want to do black hair. I don't feel like that character still. I want to do what's closest to that character, but I want to do something that looks right on me. So I would have like sky blue long locks, you know, as that character. And at first people were like, oh, you shouldn't do it like that character. That character doesn't have locks, blah, blah, blah. But then when I had like voice actors see my cosplay and share them of that voice act, that character, that's like, okay, I must be doing something right. Because the voice actor just shared my light blue locks on his page you know so it's like okay now what you gotta say so i kind of i kind of feel like that because especially when i first started cosplaying a lot of people weren't having afrocentric hair with their characters and you know i like to that's kind of like what i do with most of my characters because i have yet today to really have any characters that i've ever done straight hair with and it's not anything against anybody who does i just feel personally i don't look right with it you know 
And that's the point of cosplaying. Like you do what you can and what you want with the cosplay to, to make sure that you feel like yourself and also represent that character. Exactly. Agreed. I just don't like the fact that that lady told you like the, the politics of like, put your hair away and, and, and put a wig on. It's just like, really like there's so much historical racist connotations to that. It's just like, girl, get out my face. Yeah. It's like, like, equal to, like <laughs> it's like equal to, to like corporate, corporate um, culture years ago. Oh, your hair is kinky or, or you can't wear box braids is unprofessional. And now right. we're bringing it into the cosplay community. No. Right. And if I want to wear a straight wig, it's going to look good. My yakki going to look good. Like them chronicles. Yeah. Okay, period. <laughs> uh, it was a question in the, um, in the comments and they said that a lot of high level cosplayers don't like to cosplay with um, low level cosplayers. Yeah. Some people, some people are like that where if they've reached a certain cosplay status and they only want to work with people with big followings, um, you know, you, the thing is, and I know a lot of people get mad about that. Like me personally, I work with anybody. I don't really care. As long as your stuff is good quality, I'll work with you. But um, we can't police who people like to work with. That That's the one thing. It's a difference if people don't want to work with you because of race. Some people want to work with people because it's a business. So if they're taking it as a business mm -hmm. aspect and they want to build their following that's already big, then in a business aspect it would be practical to use another big cosplayer to work with them you know i i understand that aspect so i don't come down too hard on people who are like that i don't want i don't like the behavior if they act smug to other cosplayers that's a difference you know but yeah. some people don't they don't necessarily exclude because of race right yeah I, I would have oh i'm sorry go ahead, go ahead. Uh, i was just gonna say um like i've had i've been accused of that like being elitist if you will but like my whole thing is I'm very precarious about who I work with because I have a con attached to my name. I have this nonprofit attached to my name and a lot of like, so for me, I'm more prone to working with people I trust, whether, and also I've had, you know, I've been burned, like I've been burned professionally. I've been, uh, I've had photographers hit on me. I've had photographers grope me. I've had photographers, you know, put hands on me. Um, and I, people who I thought were my friends, like, drag me drag my name through the mud or whatever the case may be so for me personally i just like to work with people who i trust and who i have a lot of who i have a really strong rapport with and most of those people are people who i've known for years and we've come up together like when me and venture bros first met we have over ten thousand followers like when we, you know i watch feminist chronicles grow i watch tap i watch a lot of people in the community grow so it's not even i'm always willing to work with other folks um so it's not even just necessarily that. I think people have to sometimes take a look at, um, like you said, once you get to a certain level, you have to really be. And then when you have like an event attached to your name, too, and you're a woman, you know, what I'm saying like there are certain things that you just can't do. Like I can't even like just date around the community because it's going the word going to get out that CC the geek is a hoe in the community and it don't hit the same as when a man is doing it. You know what I'm saying? So like those in us and I'm attached to the HBCU community, which not for nothing is drenched in respectability politics. So it's just, it's, it's always walking a tightrope when it comes to things like that. And I just think that um, you really have to be in it to appreciate that. Yeah. That's why I put yeah, the disclaimer you, in pictures with me and you together. Like, we're not together. She's just, she's just <laughs> a partner. She's just a business partner. 
Uh, no, you're you're absolutely right, Cece, uh, about everything that you said. I've I've had similar experiences. Um, not proud to say it, but I've had photographers and other cosplayers try the hell out of me. Um, and yeah, to to this person's comment, um, it's not always necessarily about people feeling like they're so important that they can't cosplay with smaller cosplayers. It really is about community and who you build rapport with and safety with. Um, because this community is just like any other community. It's a microcosm of society. And you have a lot of bad actors, bad faith actors in here, people who are predators um, that are looking to prey upon people or, you know, just uh, disrespect you or take advantage of you, uh, especially as a woman cosplayer, female cosplayer. It is very important that um, we're very selective about who we work with. And also Venture Bros, you're absolutely right. When I was first starting out cosplaying, it was so easy for me to just, yeah, I'm having fun. This is all hobby. I'll cosplay with whoever until I had experiences with people that you can't just, oh, we like the same things. We like anime, we like Marvel, and we like cosplay. Let's work together. And then you find out that they're insane. And they're, they're trying to take advantage of you or you know whatever the situation is. And it's like, I can't just link up with somebody because we, we cosplay together. You really do have to build rapport and safety with people. Um, and yeah, it, it's some crazy stuff that happens out here. You have to stay safe um, and you need to know who you're working with as yep. well as the business aspect of it. Some of us are not doing this for fun anymore. This is a uh, this is something that's supplementary to our main salaries or it's our hobby, but also we only have time for it when we're monetizing off of it. So mm -hmm. great point, Venture Bros. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, I wanna, I wanna ask a question. So I know we got Yuri here. And so we're gonna talk about cosplay uh doing charity events things like that uh something when I, when i do have the time i like to uh promote mental health so that's kind of one of my things that i like to support when i'm doing cosplay uh yuri let's talk a little bit about your nonprofit and how you help people yeah my nonprofit, a future superhero and friends was uh started after i lost my mom uh, 2009 to cancer I was fell into like a five-year depression period and um, one day I was just at work uh, came back for work um, the first day back and uh, I, know, I don't know if you know hip-hop trooper uh, but he popped up on my uh, Explorer page and you know I started following him you know I, I love Star Wars since I was a kid and I used to go to work with my mom and these people used to bring Star Wars figures and Spider-Man figures and I you know fell in love with it then and uh you know after her death that's when uh i said you know let me tune into my childhood and i went back and you know put on the spider-man suit and i went to uh skid row which is probably the the biggest um homeless population in the world and i you know gathered up some hygiene kits and food and i went out there and just the reaction of these people's faces you know they it's just like you channeling it back into your childhood, you know, it was just like a relief for them for the moment. So, you know, that's when I realized, you know, I'm doing something right. So the next week I went and uh, I had on regular clothes like this and, you know, they got mad. They're like, go home, go get the Spider-Man costume and da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's when I, this journey, you know, started happening. And, you know, I think the first suit I got was uh, Spider-Man and Kylo Ren and 
uh, Mandalorian and uh, Stormtrooper and, and all these different things. And then, I, you know, I decided to uh, venture across the 50 states and visit um, children with disabilities, special needs, and those about life-threatening illnesses. Uh, traveled to 50 states five times already during the holidays, you know, visiting one child or two children in each um, city and state. And, um, you know, I've been doing that for the past five years and, you know, uh, visiting the houseless community, visiting the veterans out here, um, the elderly, and just the people that, you know, seem to be forgotten. But, you know, this cosplay and cosplay have, uh, you know, actually saved my life because that depression period I was in, you know, I didn't, I could have probably ended up homeless myself, but, you know, thanks to, uh, you know, the cosplayers like you, you guys and, and uh, you know, Hip Hop Trooper, you know, I always thank him for, um, you know, helping me get my mind straight and get back on track because I was lost for those, you know, five years. Big shout out to Hip Hop Trooper. Yeah, that's a good one out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, welcome to the chat, Asia MK. Sorry for the delay. I am so sorry. But I'm so glad I was able to hear that. Thank you for sharing your I just I got a follow up question. You're so when so you were on Good Good Morning America. Yeah. Did you have any idea that The Rock was gonna surprise you? Nah, you know, uh I always think like two steps ahead of people. So I the producer told me I was gonna have an interview with Superman's son. So, you know, I went to Google and I'm like, damn, does Superman even got a real son? You know? So the the producer knew what I was doing and he was like, Oh, you gotta turn your phone off. You 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 messing up the mic and blah blah blah. So I turned the phone off. I don't know if you remember, but I had my back towards the uh, door. But before, you know, I, I work for uh, corrections, and I just had that mind state of having myself away from the door. I, I sat on the other side, and then he he was like, "Damn, this guy, you know, he, I don't know what he's doing." So he's like, "Can you just sit on the other side?" And da 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 da. So I'm sitting there eating, and I don't know if you saw the video. I'm shaking, my knees shaking. I'm like, damn, this! I was in there for like an hour. I'm like, what the hell are they doing, you know? So I hear uh, the door open, and I didn't turn around, and I heard uh, Strahan's voice. And he's like, Yuri Williams. And I just heard it, and I stopped, and I'm like, damn, that's Strahan. And then Dwayne said, Yuri Williams, and you know his voice. And I'm like, shit, they got me. So I turned around, and they were both right there, you know? And that, you know... Rewinding back, um, they had reached out to me probably like the year before, and they asked for my buddy. Um, they said they had something coming up, and they wanted him to be on there, you know. So he hid this for me for like a year. And those two weeks before they called me, you know, I was about to stop, um, you know, doing this nonprofit because I'm feeding like 80% of my money into this, you know. And one day I was in the car at work, and I said, God, look, if you want me to you know, continue to do this, uh, you need to, you need to do something, brother, you know, and I said this aggressively and loving at the same time, but two weeks later, that's when, uh, you know, Good Morning America called and said, uh, you know, we want you to come out there, and that's when all that, you know, all that good stuff started happening. Well, deserve, and, and we'll, you know, I know, I know you take donations, we'll put the link out later as well. Okay. Yeah, you still yeah. send me that, that $3,000, right, Chris? What happened? Three? You can you can hear me? That PPP loan. Yeah, we yeah, talk, yeah. We talk. We talking Andre. <laughs> like from Outcast. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You getting paid to be on here? Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 My bad. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm sorry. All right, Asia, moving on, moving on. Asia MK. Uh, let's do let's do a little intro to you, you know, just, just tell the people about yourself and, and when you started cosplaying. I'm gonna make it quick and painless, but I'm Asia MK. I got it from South Park. <laughs> I liked hearing um, you know, the teacher say it. So I was like, mm, I'm a corporate in my name. But I actually been cosplaying since high school, but I didn't know what it was called until I got older. I started being around people who liked similar things as I am. And I thought to myself, oh, this is what it's called. This is what I've been into. And I can purchase stuff. I can make stuff and make my own original cosplays and have my own take on things. But I, well, with that being said, I think I've been cosplaying for about over 10 years. I'm not trying to, you know, um, tell people my age, but you know, I'm young. And I really enjoy it. I really love having my take on these characters and these movies and TV shows and games, I feel like I can be anybody that I want to and still be true to myself. But that's just a little bit about me. And uh, I'm still waiting on my com where my compound V is. Oh, oh yes, yes. Um, that That is um, coming up. We're, we're going to talk about that later. That's kind of mm -hmm. top secret, mm -hmm. sir. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. that down. So we, we talked about business and cosplay. So uh, as, a, as a recent, uh, exposure is not a form of payment. It is not. And uh, I had someone reach out to me last week about, oh, can you can you do this for my brand or whatever? And I was like, okay, how much you paying? He's like, oh, no, we're just going to give you the product for free. So you just want free advertising, basically, is what you're saying. So let's talk about, yeah. People hit you up and they just want exposure. They don't want to pay you for your services, your time, and what you're worth. <laughs> Go ahead, Jess. Jess is like, how much time you got? Yes, yeah, so I was ready. <laughs> I was waiting for you guys to know. <laughs> um, okay, so I mean, I, I'm sure we, a lot of us have experienced this, especially as a cosplayer of color um uh, people like to blowball us and just give us free product and think that they're doing something for us what people don't realize is that actually caring about your craft and doing content creation with intention it takes time it's work um and so people think that you know you just take a picture with the product and that's the end of the that's the end of it that's that's not what it is you're planning uh you're setting you have to have got an equipment to make your pictures look the way that they look. You have to take time and hours to edit these, you know, um, photos and videos. So it's a lot of work. Uh, and I feel like as just in my personal experience, I've had a lot of people approach me wanting me to work for free. Uh, and it's highly offensive um, because it makes me think that one, you don't take my craft and my work seriously. Um, I put a lot of effort and time into the things that I produce. And so it's an insult if you're coming at me and you're telling me you're paying me in free product, because what you really want is free promotion so that you can pocket all of the money and I do work and I get a free, you know, whatever the hell you're sending me. So I think it's really offensive. Um, that's one of the reasons that I almost not exclusively, I work with other brands as well, but bad waifu, Linda Walton of bad waifu. She takes care of her people. And she approached me in a manner that made me feel like 
she respected what I did and she looked at me as a valuable asset to her company. And I think a lot of people can take note from um, owners and creators and designers like her because people out here really will will try to swindle you <laughs> and get you to work for free. Um, and I think it's bullshit. So that's my two cents and that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, all right. Anyway, you want to say anything on the topic? You better preach. Right. Since we're on the topic, it's it's I all. Like, I was going to say I would like to talk about bartering versus exploitation. Since you, uh, since he so graciously brought that up, and um, this will be a perfect segue to venture bro because we barter a lot, you know. Um, and essentially, like bartering is when you're offering something or you're asking for something from somebody, but you're offering something that is of equivalent, the law of equivalent exchange, right? <laughs> um, and I do that a lot, especially because, you know, like I, I haven't made my first million yet. I'm still, you know, I'm doing all right, but I'm, I'm, I'm on my hustle. I'm on my grind. And that's how a lot of us wind up, uh, you know, getting work done. It's like, yo, or even with Asia, like I did the collaborative post with Asia, you know, you're doing your thing. I'm doing my thing. We're both in this video. Let's share it. And, um, and, you know, if I, uh, depending on the rapport that I have with people, like some people I just know, like, are going to show up for me, right? Like, like Venture Bros is one of those people who I know is just going to show up, whatever. And if I have an opportunity that comes my way, I'm automatically passing it to him because I know that he would do the same for me, you know, but everybody doesn't always extend that courtesy. So you just got to be mindful. And it's not to say that, oh, I'm only helping people out so that they can help me back. But you also don't can't pour from an empty cup, right? So um, get my mind. My, my whole thing is, even if you are bartering with somebody, make sure um, that you get whatever it is that y'all doing in writing. You know, y'all have it signed like for real. Um, just until you can like build rapports with people, and then hopefully you get to a space where you can do certain things and you can just take people's word for it. Um, but it's not always going to be the case, you know. So just that's kind of like my whole thing is treat it like you would any other uh, professional aspect of your life where there is a personal element to it because this is all a passion project for us. This is all something that we love to do. And you do wind up making, you know, real friends in this community. But at the same time, also understand that it's very much an industry with a lot of money in it and that there are people who, you know, shoot, I work in nonprofit, you know, like Exploit, exploiting your passion is a thing, you know, where people were like, hey, I know that you're passionate about this cause, so I'm going to like suck you dry, <laughs> you know, because I know that you're really, while I give you little to nothing in exchange. And I just, that was part of the reason why I created HBCU Con was to, because I didn't believe in that philosophy. I believe in working in collaboration and being in community, especially with my people and to um, harbor and create spaces where we can all shine and that I don't feel like my shine, you know, that I have to dim somebody else's shine in order for me to, to look good. Like, uh, I like to support black business, but sometimes there is an extent to the support. So if you come out with the new clothing line and you're just telling me about it and you ask me, you know, Venture Bros, do you mind taking a picture with, you know, some of my nerd gear and, you know, to get off the ground? I don't mind doing that, you know, because I get you, you're starting out. I'm trying to support black business. Cool. But if you're already well established 
and you're coming at me like that, then I'm, I'm going to, you know, show you my rates. And if you're like, oh, I only do it for free. I mean, I only, I'm not, I don't charge. I mean, I'm not going to going to pay you. It's like, yo, you're, you're established already. There's no reason why you can't pay me, you know? So, and, and usually a lot of cosplayers from what I've seen, the rates, our rates aren't really that outlandish. It's, it's really small rates. You know, even when it goes to guessing for a con, usually I'll send my uh, contract over and I'll, I'll show my rates, you know? And sometimes these cons, they'll look at it like, oh, we don't pay our people. If you have certain big cosplayers going to your event, I know you're paying them because I know that cosplayer charges. And if I contact that cosplayer and they tell me they charge, and especially if they aren't black and they tell me that they charged you and you paid, then we're going to have a serious problem. You know, and that's happened. So. I'm sorry. I just wanted to add on to the point that um, Venture made. Uh, agreed. You know, when you're working with smaller companies that are just sometimes starting out, um, it, it's nice to be able to work with them and just support the community. Because you know, as as cosplayers in the community that we are, we want to we want to see our people win. So I, I definitely agree to that. There's instances where you know, hey. Don't worry about it. I got you. I'm gonna put you on. We've had rapport for a while. I believe in what you do, and I want to see you come up. But you're absolutely right. When it comes to people that you got over 10k followers, and it looks like you're making a lot of sales, and your brand is really hot right now, and you're asking me for free work, it's just disrespectful. And I right. just wanted to add on to that because I, I definitely agree with that. Help out people that are just starting up. That's a part of building the community. And and but some people really try it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else want to add anything to this? I mean, I got stories for days, but I didn't want to. Hey, for real, we could be here all night. I mean, <laughs> you wanted some tea, honey, but. People trying to take advantage for free work, you know. Okay, so sometimes it be your own people, though. It really do, and that's kind of like, yeah. So let's talk about internalized oppression, mm -hmm. the gatekeepers, the, you know. Well, I'll I'll say this: I do feel like women cosplay. It, it's it's night and day when it comes to like gatekeeping oppression compared to black men in the cosplay community versus yeah. especially with with you know black people in the in, the, in our community i should say versus yeah. what we go through because you guys never get credit for shit like it's like <laughs> black women cosplayers will get compared to male cosplayers no offense to the guy the guys that are cosplaying but we don't nearly put in as much work as the women and you know i'm not paying enough it's just common sense you're not going out getting your hair done for the cosplay you're not doing makeup tutorials and getting your face, you know, putting all this makeup on for the cosplay. You're not doing you're probably definitely not so cool if you're a guy. Some guys do, don't get it wrong. The majority of I'll say 95% don't. So it's like the stuff that women cosplayers actually do for these cosplays is really not comparable. And I hear a lot of people gatekeep, especially in you know, cosplay contests, about like, oh, well, she just sold or she just did this, and it's like actually she did a lot more stuff than that. It's just you're not paying attention to it. Yeah. 
And I think it always hurts. It always hurts more when it comes from your own people. Like I, and that was the thing when um, Shakir was talking earlier, or I think it was um, Feminist Chronicles was saying earlier about having rose-colored glasses in the community. And it's a really, I've talked to a lot of black women in the community and just, you know, and it's almost like a fucked up rite of passage where black women have these rose-colored glasses and the community is the best thing that you know you've never known existed and then something happens to you whether it's a personal relationship whether you dated somebody or whether you got in business with somebody helped them start their business or whatever from the ground up and helped it become the hot shit in the community and it just and then it just all falls apart by really no fault of your own other than you know like it's almost like you get hired as somebody comes into your restaurant and you're a sushi chef, right? You're the best sushi chef the world has ever seen. And they're like, oh my God, you make really good sushi. I want you to come work in my restaurant, right? And you go to a restaurant and it's an Italian restaurant. And then you're constantly like chastised because like, oh, why can't you make my fucking Panerosa bitch, bitch, because I make sushi. You know what I'm saying? Like, why the fuck did you hire me? So that's like essentially what happens. And rat particularly radical black women um, because that's the thing about misogynoir in particular is that it doesn't all punish all women all the time. It punishes the women who step out of line, right? And the women who got too much of a voice, too much shit to say, they notice too much, they think too much, they know too much, they've seen too much. Um, and those are oftentimes the ones who are um, kind of like left hung at, hung at the stake or burned at the stake, if you will. Uh, sorry to use the euphemism, but... It's a lot of, um, it's kind of unfortunate because um, me being a con runner and being behind that curtain has given me a lot of different perspective in terms of like how I move in the community. And I don't want to make it seem like it's this terrible, shysty ass place, you know, but like you said, it's a microcosm of the real world. Um, I've met people who are like some of my best friends. And I met people who like, if I if I wouldn't spit on them if they were on fire. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, and, and like I said, it always hurts more coming from your own because you're so often sold this dream of, hey, we're all blurs, we're all in this together. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's come together. And you know me, like that's my jam. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm all, you see, see where I'm at? Like that's that's how I roll. And for you to like take that and not only exploit it for personal, professional, and monetary gain, but then to like have your name dragged through the mud, to have your contributions erased. You know what I'm saying? The people who don't know don't have no fucking clue, and the people who do know don't say nothing because they just want to keep the peace, and that's problematic within its own, within itself. You know what I'm saying? So there's just so much at play here and i think that the one thing that i really want to take people to take away from my fucking way too long ass rant and i apologize is that the world will not triumph the world will not succumb to the triumph of evil but rather the triumph of evil will supersede because good men do nothing you know and i really hope that people receive that like inaction is also action and, you know, we're all just one person, but at the same time, the community really is what you make it. And it's, it's on you to like use your voice, use your platform, use your power to speak up and speak out when you see people being mistreated. 
Well, other than CC dropping these like amazing quotes that we got to follow up with, but um, <laughs> one thing I was about to say to what Shinobi was talking about, mainly about like the black gatekeeping within ourselves. Um, the picture with you, Jay Sutton, beautiful Diz, and Kai when you guys did the X Men group. I was and there. I had made a meme of that, you know, and I was just like, when you say black women don't cosplay, maybe the black women you know. And it was like thousands of like, just, and it was sad because it was going there like, oh, they don't really like X-Men. They just doing this for money. And just like, it was just like really disheartening. Cause I'm like, yo, I know each one of them individually, all of them are nerds. They're not fake nerds. They're not just models that decided to like throw this on, you know, like they actually love X-Men. They love nerd shit, but you couldn't tell those dudes nothing, man. They were on my comment section like, nah, that girl just a model and da da da, da. So it was just real say We got paid to be there. I wish I got paid to be at Dragon Con, bitch. You know how much money I spent at Dragon Con? You know how much money? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I just, I just wanted to add on to that. Yeah, because you got me hot right now. That part. Um, yeah, you know, of course, there, there's a lot of people just because you're female or, or whatever they identify you as, they want to take away the ability that you may have or the experience that you may have with a certain fandom and what your knowledge is because of what you look like. It's ridiculous. They're, it's them projecting them feeling like, okay, let me not get too deep because I can get real mean sometimes. I'm, I'm trying to keep it cute on here. No. <laughs> Get that. Put him in the dirt. Dig that shovel. I'm a chill. I'm a chill. But no, really, like I, I feel like a lot of people want to project um, them feeling like somebody for liking the thing that they like, and so when they see somebody else doing it, it's like let me try to peg you down a little bit so I can feel better about my identity and shit on everything that you're doing. But to your point, venture. Even if somebody is doing it for the money, why are you concerned? What What's the issue? This is also a business. So you have to understand that not everybody that's doing every cause, every cosplay that I do, I don't know every single freaking fact about the anime or the movie or the comic. Maybe I just resonate with this character. Maybe I just like the, the way that the character looks. And you want to quiz me, you want to quiz me on... What was the first time that this character exposed this power and what year was it and what was the name of the artist that drew the fucking manga panel it's like bro and the artist bro, bro you're tripping right now <laughs> but i'm gonna calm down because it's just it's ridiculous it's ridiculous but uh speaking on that it like me personally it goes deeper because i grew up i went to like all black high schools middle schools and, you know, growing up in an all-Black school, not everyone likes anime, cartoons, and whatnot. So it's like, okay, where are my nerd people at? And the only, the only people that like nerd shit were the guys. And they basically gatekept me. So, so whenever I wanted to play, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! or at least learn, they're like, nah, you don't, you don't fit in here. Go somewhere else. I was into anime. I wanted to talk about it. I had no one to talk about it to but my brother. But they're like, oh, name five top anime. And I'm like, <laughs> but <laughs> let me stop. But it, it just like, it's, it stems from like that kind of environment where back in the day, 
um, let's say like 90s or like early 2000s, nerd shit wasn't cool or whatever. And now it's like a trend. So mm -hmm. when I wanted to be part of that, that community back then, y'all gate kept me. So now y'all judge me now, now that I'm like <laughs> fully into it. Yeah, because I mean, it's a lot of guys, they're just like super ignorant to knowing that there are women nerds even back then. Because it's like, if you think about like, why do you think these games like Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter have women characters? You know, that, that's to appeal to the women audience. You know, that's why they're creating these characters. Not for us, you know, maybe the way that they're dressed sometimes, but it's not really for men. They're not expecting you to, me to get on Mortal Kombat and play as Katana. No, they're expecting women to get on there and play as that. Why are there animes like Sailor Moon around? Sailor Moon was around for in my household because my sister was watching that before we even put on Dragon Ball. So it's like, women have always been into nerd stuff as far back as I remember, you know? So for me, I never understood it back when a lot of dudes were like gatekeep online. Cause I'm like, you, you gotta know that women are into this stuff. Like there's tons of animes that are definitely not for dudes that are out there. So I don't, I don't get the confusion. And even the ones that, you know, might be like heavily testosterone driven, like Dragon Ball, you still got a lot of women that are into Dragon Ball, you know? So it's just like, I, I never really got why a lot of people think that women are into anime or nerd stuff, you know, because it's just, it just would make no sense. It's almost like they don't think that we like storytelling and animation and all of these things that make up fantasy and all of these things. I, it, it blows my mind when people are like, you like Dragon Ball? You like Naruto? And it's like, why would, what would make you think that I don't, I wouldn't be attracted to these things because maybe they're you feel like they're for you. You feel like they were written for you. Uh, maybe that's a part of it, but I don't know. It, it is. It does seem quite ignorant when people look at women and they feel like they can't connect with these fandoms. Uh, when really women, women, I feel like more than anybody love a good story. Uh, we're, we're more storyline driven, and so it's not hard for us to relate or, or or see the the humanity in different stories or the, the motivation in different stories that come out. I think it has a lot to do with the persecution of the feminine. And yeah. so, you know what I mean? It's like, well, women, you guys like that women's stuff. Go watch the notebook. Yeah, that's, watch. that's like peak objectification. Like you can't have an identity and a personality of your own. You're this female, you're this vagina possessed creature who is pre-programmed with Barbies and whatever the fuck else we do. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I've had the same thing happen to me with football where I had guys, you know, like what's first and 10? What's the line of scrimmage? They're like, you'll find a lot of women, especially to your point, uh, Finn Chronicles, you'll find a lot of women talk about K-dramas and a lot of men will think like, oh, K-dramas are geared for women, blah, blah, blah. But who is a dude watches a K-drama they're addicted because I'll yeah. see it. But it's like, yo, it, it took a woman to really talk about K dramas produced to even like, like remotely look. And then once we watch it, we like that storytelling and stuff. So it's just, I don't know. It's, it's weird how these distinctions and how people try to divide the fandoms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They try to, they try to gender it. I feel the same way about the anime Nana. I have been watching Nana since I was like 13 years old. I see you. I see you, Fawn. It's one of the best of all time. We know this. Um, 
But yeah, it's the same thing with the anime Nana. I have been preaching about how awesome and well-written Nana is for years. I've had a right. lot of followers of mine who are predominantly men tell me, listen, I took your advice. I watched it. It is one of the best animes I've ever watched. Because mm -hmm. again, you, you want to label things as that's for women, that's for men. And really, it's just a good storyline that anybody can relate to or, or have some sort of enjoyment out, uh, enjoyment out of. So agreed. Uh, I'm, I'm sick of the gendering of every show and, and manga that comes out. It's ridiculous. Facts. And not for nothing. Not that we have anything to prove, but like black women are really like shaping the community. You have uh, Ch Chaka Cumberbatch who started 28 Days of Black Cosplay, which is everybody's like using that to get followers and stuff. You have the Black Comic Fest in Harlem, which was founded by Dr. Kadia Tubman, who used to be an intern here, by the way. Um, and that's like the longest running black comic anything that I can think of. Um, black, uh, what is it, Blurred City? by Clarissa Clay, um, that's based in New York, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Jay, uh, Urban Anime Lounge, half their founders are black women, you know what I mean? So um, black women are really like out here <laughs> kicking ass in the community and it's just like we're met with gatekeeping and and, um, and hypersexualization, all these various things at every turn. So that's, it's like, that's how you know we're really passionate about it because in spite of all these things we have to deal with on a regular basis, we're still here, you know? We're still um, finding a way, finding joy in it, you know? So my girlfriend just made it in the comments and she was talking about how um, a lot of us, when we first started watching anime, it was hard to get access to different animes because either you had to go get them from VHS or if they weren't on Konami, you risk getting viruses, trying to download it and stuff. So yeah, it was a struggle, um, but. This it right here? <laughs> yes. Is anybody else from the DMV? Do y'all remember a store called um, Dream Wizard? There's a store in, called Dream Wizard in Bethesda, Maryland, and that was like the one anime store anywhere like in the region <laughs> i would get like sailor moon posters i got my pokemon cards from there like, i know certain record stores like Fi, or if you would go to like um if you go to block they would have like certain sections that were specifically tailored to anime yeah it's just sometimes you gotta wait for them to get new ones it'll yeah. be like 10 and if they do get new ones you don't know what that anime is. You just know it's like anime style, but you don't know anything right. about that. It's a risk to rent it. You're like, oh, do I want to rent it? In some places you have to actually buy it. So it's like, oh man, do I want to buy about this anime that I don't know about, but right. it's the only thing you have access to. So back then it was the real struggle. <laughs> we were weeds. Yeah, I, I, just got a, I just got a second on that. The photo the adventure bro was talking about, that's iconic. That photo with you for that's that's just iconic. I don't know how anyone could have anything. It was not even planned. Like me and no, Jay planned it, right? Because she just so happened to have her gambit, and I had my jubilee. So like, all right, we'll do right. that together. And then Crystal was there, and then Kai was there, and it yeah. just—it's one of those moments. Like Kai had Storm, and Crystal had um, Domino. So it just yeah, it was perfect. And. In your story, when uh, CC, you were telling the story, it made me think about one specific person who I'm not going to name. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
talking about not, people not giving credit or people helping them build them and uh but it's it's a it's a black it's a black male that I'm thinking about but uh that you made me think about but I'm not gonna put them on blast I mean, yeah, it's a lot of people you could we could put on. I mean, it's a lot of people who you could theoretically put on blast. I mean, some people I could put on blast. It might be some of y'all favorites. I mean, there well, are people not, who blast. No, we're not gonna do that. We're not no, gonna I'm do not, that. Not, yeah, we we not we're not doing that. I think that it, it looks like we've all had of our our experiences with you know. I'm sure people have experiences with with us as well. So let's mm -hmm. let's keep it cute. <laughs> No, I wasn't never I wasn't never gonna not keep it cute. But I think that ultimately like the the crux of it all is just to just watch how you move and to make sure that you're looking out for your neighbor. You know what I mean? Regardless of because the players, they all they always change. You know, I like just when Trump's out of office, right? They're gonna get a new they're gonna new motherfucker who has the same narratives and the same, you know, it's just a different body. So um, it's just you have to know what signs to look for, and the 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 players might change, but the the notions or the issues will stay the same. You know? Players might change, but the game will change. Pretty much, pretty much. So I have a question. So with with kind of like now basically becoming a nerd or blurred is now like it's it's, it's basically mainstream now. Do you think that change kind of came with like? Black Panther, the movie, around that no, time, it, it came. It, I tell you what, it came. It came with Iron Man One. <laughs> that's when it came. As soon as the MCU kicked off, that's when all of a sudden being a nerd became really popular. Like if you look at it, it took Iron Man One, and that's all of a sudden when you had the like regular nerds start coming out the closet. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden when it dropped like Thor and Captain America, the first ones. That's when all of a sudden, like all these people, like start like comics and everything. Then, like when Marvel got to Phase Two when the first Avengers shot, that's when everybody, even people who weren't like comic nerds, everybody was seeing it at that point. I honestly didn't notice until I saw the prices for cons go up. That's when mm -hmm. I started to realize that wow, um, like comics and anime have been mainstream. So that was like my indicator because a, a $75 weekend pass is now like $150 because, mm -hmm. because now it's more popular. Now more people are starting to go. So when it, is, when it started affecting my pockets personally, that's when I noticed. <laughs> what I noticed mm -hmm. was when I saw these celebrities trying to uh, um, just drop random cosplays, it's like, oh, we're cosplaying now? Okay. Besides, you like, they're Usher being Gojo? You said what? Usher, Usher doing Gojo? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. That's real random. Usher. Oh, yeah. so, like, <laughs> yeah, like, Megan makes sense. You know what I'm saying? No. <laughs> yeah, she's been about that life since day one. So it just exactly. it goes with right. her brand. Right, right, right. Right. Everybody else, well, well, right. Others, but everybody else, come on. Right. Like when T Pain popped out at Dragon Con, I was like, what? But he was no. like, yeah, Dragon Con running around, yo, you know. That was the funniest <laughs> thing. My mom, my mom was like, Yo, did you see T Pain? And I was like, Oh, somebody was cosplaying as T Pain. Yeah, that's and what I, I saw the too. picture, and I was like, Oh no, that was like T Pain. <laughs> right, cosplaying Leroy. <laughs> That was crazy. Somebody <laughs> was cosplaying Bruno Mars. He did an excellent job at uh, Dragon Con. 
Oh Wait, my God! Uh, who did he cosplay? My guy, guy Shauna. No, he, he's he's from Hawaii. He's he's from Hawaii, but he like he's dead on. Everything he does is like either Bruno Mars or a mashup. So if he's like Captain America, he's like Captain America with Bruno Mars. It's just spot on. Nice, that's cute. I'm kind of I'm here for this. <laughs> we need Bruno Mars to come back and take Taylor Swift off her throne, child, off her Ooh. Elvis Presley throne. Look, I'm gonna tell. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna say this. There was there was nothing. <laughs> more like maddening than seeing the the, the 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 think pieces about oh taylor swift and swag surfing and kansas city's celebration oh, i was like it is, it is it is not their thing like who's in your writer's room and, they and also, came up with making fades popular oh no they said they said give me the travis kelsey i'm like bro stop please Even, but, but and 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 all but with respect, Travis Kelsey said, "Yo, I this, do not y'all trying to get me killed, especially during Black History Month." He said he came out and said, "Like, don't do that to me. That is not my. I do not go to the barber shop and ask for a Travis Kelsey. I didn't know. He gonna leave with a setup. Setup. <laughs> <laughs> Can't have nothing. All right, let's talk about." Uh, increasing engagement on social media. Like, what, 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 what do you got? Tips, tricks. With uh, this algorithm, uh, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, honestly, wow. I just post. I just be post. I just post whatever that I want. That was real. That was real. You gotta do reels. The reels can only be eight seconds. Like right, eight seconds, and you better cut to the chase, honey. I'm just, yeah, immediately, <laughs> immediately. I mean, productions. <laughs> Picture and keep it moving. Now it's like, no, you gotta drop a picture. You gotta drop a second picture. You gotta do a reel with it. It's like right. okay. Yeah, mixed me. They want to see mixed media now. So like, you can't post too many photos, but then you can't. You know, I mean, you could do like they they tend to like reels. It seems because they want to compete with TikTok. But the so, reels yeah. ba barely do any engagement unless I, I mean mm -hmm. I, I see a lot of people post reels and some of them do do well. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe I gotta brush up on my real game but i feel like it's really hit or miss whether you're doing a photo post or a real post getting that formula right getting that timing right instagram is just not what it used to be so. yeah and and not for nothing but like you have to really capitalize on trends in the moment like if there's a trending song you gotta be you gotta pick it up before it like gets too much attention you know um like it's crazy it's like it's almost like you know, conspiracy theorists, you know, you have all these lines everywhere. <laughs> That's how it feels now. <laughs> and just social media. One like thing. Episode always so TikTok, it really wants you to post, what, like four to six videos a day. But I was explaining to some of my friends on TikTok who got like 100,000 followers and stuff like that on there. And I explained to them, like, that's not how my creativity works. Yeah, my same come to me so it's like trying to like force creativity every day that much creativity i was like that's just that's why people on tiktok i feel copy each other so much yeah facts. create new new original ideas every day it's not gonna work not every single day so that's when they find these trends and they just leech on to them and they end up copying yeah. the work so then when it comes to like having their own original work they can't really speak for too much you know yeah, but to this point, this person's comment, some people like I post my stuff does better when I post early in the morning. So I think it really depends on like who your followers are and that type of thing. 
And honestly, like, don't, I wouldn't even get too, too hung up. Of course, a platform is something that you can grow and that you can leverage, but really engagement is the name of the game when it comes to social media. And that's why people like reach out to me, even though I don't have like the biggest platform, my followers like talk, they comment, they do all the things. So like people are interested in working with me because of that engagement, but also don't underestimate the power of networking and, and connecting. And as an entrepreneur, you learn to kind of always have a, a part of that brain turned on, even if it's just a little bit. But when you're out like networking with people, tell them your Instagram, you know, like share, like those are really the ways that you connect with people. Even comic creators, when they're selling their stuff at these conventions, they make far more money selling their stuff at these cons than they do on their websites and stuff because you're ha you have an opportunity to like, physically connect with somebody and the pandemic showed that there's no replacement for that no matter how good a zoom room can be you know <laughs> yeah and like um when you post the ig at night that's like really contingent upon like who your platform is who you're following i mean who follows you and when like they're online so i've got a lot of uh followers for me that are from brazil so when i've dropped cosplays at like 2 a.m in the morning you know, I've had people tell me like, oh, that's way too early. But I've had cosplays like when I cosplay my Uncle Iroh, I dropped that at 3 a.m. You know, but my following had I have, you know, I've seen through my analytics, I have a lot of followers there in South America. So when I do drop stuff, you know, you will see it. You know. So I mean, you will see it go like viral at like 3 a.m. Some things go viral at night, some things go viral in the day. It's really dependent upon like how you're following like kind of seizure stuff and then of course algorithm plays a huge part you know not gonna take away from that but um i mean really to to be frank i've seen stuff that i did not think would go viral go viral from like friends or even from some of my posts when i posted certain reels like i always thought people were like oh your reels are way too long but one time i did like a five minute reel talking about uh that um miles morales thor comic book that one had 20,000 likes. It had like over a million views. And I was just like, man, this is like a super long reel. I didn't think it was gonna really do too well. So it, it's 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 a kind of a, not a, a certain science to it exactly. You can, you can try to follow trends and things like that, but if they don't work, just be prepared to try something else. That was a really long reel, but that was, I, I remember that reel because I, I had my own vent. I, you know, I was, I was venting about that, that whole issue. Cause I was excited because I had done my own mashup before. I was like, oh, I want to see this. And mm -hmm. then I read it and, <laughs> yeah. you know, by Odin's fade talking about fades. Uh, right. I was, I was like, like man, who, who approved this? Who approved this? This, this is this is this is this is not this is not the culture move. You're spray painting the rainbow bridge and stuff. I'm like, when does Miles even do that? I'm like, boy, I'm like, this regular Miles doesn't even do that. <laughs> regular Miles. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was heated. I was like, nah, this is this is look. Look, I don't know who wrote it. I, I was like deep down. I was like, who wrote this? Let me find out what white person wrote this. Cause I was I was like, this is not what it is. It's not this it, it just wasn't, it just didn't represent for me the culture. So okay. Is there any other topics that we haven't hit yet that, that you want to discuss? Um oh. oh, I'll let you go. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um 
this topic just popped up in my head. Is there such thing as um, white face when it comes to cosplays? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> I'm just speaking. I'm I, don't... I, didn't, I didn't catch that. What did you say? <laughs> white face. Is there white. such a thing as white face? I mean, technically, I guess, if you want to call it that, but it doesn't have the same historical or racist connotation as blackface does. Like, minstrelsy, that's a whole thing. <laughs> Mickey Mouse, Bugs Bunny, they were all minstrel characters that got, uh, uh, basically, they had to clean them up, you know, so that they didn't look. That's why Mickey Mouse is black with white gloves, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, anyway. When you say whiteface, are you talking about, like, black people painting their face white? Yeah, like, like white um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, not exactly like that. Like, um, I did a Sedusa cosplay a couple of weeks ago, and you know how Sedusa from Powerpuff Girls, she has like pale skin. So I'm like, should I put it the um the like get the colored paint, put it on my skin? Is is that considered? So I, I would say no. I would say you'd be fine doing that because literally, I mean, even if whiteface was a thing, because you're not trying to be a Caucasian person. You're not trying to paint your skin white to be Caucasian. Right. That character is white like my wall. That That's not a Caucasian person. Gotcha. Yeah, it's almost like being a blue or a purple person. Yeah. I see that with uh, black cosplayers who cosplay Raven from Teen Titans. She has gray skin or whitish gray skin. And, you know, I thought about that. For, I'm like, mm, but no, it's, it's, it's just a almost like an alien color skin. I feel like if you're you're trying to be Caucasian, then that could be considered white face. Mm -hmm. But like Cece said, there's no historical connotation to oppression with that. But um, yeah, e even still, when it comes to characters like that, I, I'd rather just be the brown version. You know, if I'm gonna be Raven, I'm brown, you know, because I don't even wanna cross that barrier of me trying to be white or gray. But that's just me personally. Other cosplayers, they, they're fine with it. Um, but yeah, I think it's about the intention of the ethnicity of the character that you're trying to portray. Right, because um, I came across some comments on another cosplayer where she, I, I think she um, cosplayed as Raven too, but she had the, um, the pale skin as well. And I saw like uh, a few comments that said, oh, this is white face. If, if y'all can do it, then how come we can't like, Tan our skins to meet another like black character, or whatever. Like First that. of all, I just heard your your accent come out, and that was adorable. Your New York accent. Um, <laughs> really? Second of all, let me just say, when I cosplayed Sleeping Beauty, shout out to me and Milan because she was Maleficent. I cosplayed Sleeping Beauty, and I ain't do nothing to my skin. Matter of fact, it was a springtime, so if anything, I had a little tanny tan. You know what I'm saying? I just had a blonde wig, custom wig. Shout out to Akuchan Arts who made my wig. And I got accused of white face because of that. Like people was accusing me and I'm just like, and I just made it, I made it the funny out of it. I took a white chicks a scene from white chicks and I put a picture of me next to the pictures of the girls from white chicks, like hold my poodle, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, sure, I'm white face, sure. What you should have told them is take a picture of Tara and then put it next to Raven and be like, do you see the difference between an actual white person and someone that's like, clearly a different type of being with pale skin because that's literally not how white people look they look like the character Tara, you know and also film chronicles i feel sorry that you feel like you can't cosplay something because of their expectations because that's them dictating what you do and right. that's 
not the basis of cosplay. You should be able to enjoy. If you have a outlook on a character that you want to do, you should be able to do it. When white yeah. people cross the line in blackface, first of all, we've got hundreds of years of reasons why you shouldn't blackface, period. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. even outside of cosplay that we already have that. Then on top of that, it's been so offensively used that you all know, they know it's offensive. So for them to blatantly do it after it's already been known to everyone that it's offensive is a problem. Then they're trying to just put on a black person's skin. That's a problem. It, it's like, yo, you shouldn't be trying to cosplay a black person, you know, because right. you're, you're not going to ever experience it like a black person. You're not going to be called nigger for cosplaying a black person. Right, so, right. You know, I, mm -hmm. Were you wouldn't be like, hey, that's wrong, that's racist, yeah. without thinking about it. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's Absolutely. a clear difference. So I I would hope that you and whoever's watching do not let <laughs> don't let people stop you from from yeah. No, it, it, and for me, it's not even about the judgment of whether I'm going to be doing be accused of whiteface. I don't care what people have to say about my cosplays. You know, they, they say stuff all the time. It's more so about what I'm comfortable with. I think I think I would rather represent myself as a brown woman cosplaying, let's say, Raven, rather than doing the grayish white makeup. Um, and that's just and again, I said that's me personally, because when it comes to like the the body paint and the makeup for me, the white just looks cracked out you know when i when i put white on my face i just i'm like what is this like this is too white it starts to dry and then maybe i'm just bad with body paint but it starts to dry and i just look like a crackhead and i'm just like i'm just gonna be me and i'm gonna be raven and that's gonna be the end of it so that's that's more of where my perspective is i would rather just represent my own skin tone and some of these characters that require that because when i put it on it looks like crap but i totally understand what you mean there should be no, um, you know, inhibition for anybody who's a person of color yeah. to cosplay non-human skin tones and feel comfortable in that and not feel like they're going to be attacked for it. So I, I definitely agree on that point. <laughs> so essentially, she just don't want to look like Ashley Larry. That's 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 <laughs> wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, okay, Christy uh, wants to know some best practices and tips for newbies. Don't uh, care what anybody thinks, Christy. Like for real. Um, uh, like Shakir and, and Venture Bros were saying. Like when I first started cosplaying, uh, I kind of had a lot of those inhibitions. Like, oh, I wait till I have more money. Now I wait till I'm in better shape or whatever. And my weight fluctuates a lot. So like sometimes I'm a size four. Sometimes I'm a size eight ten. Sometimes I'm somewhere in between. You know, I've never had the experiences where like some people where it's like life share, but I've experienced it enough where people treat me differently, you know, um, based on what size I am. But I will just say that like, just do, just do you and don't be afraid to like make it your own. You know, like you don't have to cosplay canon. You ain't got to put a straight wig on or you could put a straight wig on and look good like them Chronicles, you know, but just do you and try not to get too hung up on what other people think and like who your tribe is, like finding your tribe is gonna be really crucial. Like just having really good people in your corner who mean well by you, for sure. Yes. What's up? What's up, Roy? 
Um, I agree with what she said. Um, there are different ways to get into cosplay. Um, for me, I started doing like a casual cosplay. Um, uh, I was wearing like a, a cheerleader skirt one day to um to mimic like the the Glovers from um what's that movie called? Bring It On. Cause like cheerleaders, that's like it's not really too loud. It's kind of casual, you know. You can start off by like uh, wearing a blue dress or a bowl like Kiki's from um, Kiki's Delivery Service, something like that, and then just work your way into it. Go all out, or you could just go all out for your first cosplay. And then it depends on what you want to start doing if you want to start cosplaying for the fun of it what i've noticed is a lot of people especially when they ask for advice and not saying that you're doing that is they want to they want to be this like mega cosplayer like that's their ambition you know and i try to tell them like you know you really want to manage your expectations because i've seen extremely good crafters never get a big follow like they won competitions never get a big follow i've seen really beautiful people who look like model beautiful never get a beautiful never get following so it it you have to manage why you want to cosplay if you want to have cosplay for the fandom that's easy because you literally can go on amazon go on etsy get a cosplay or make it yourself you know and just have fun with it and then gradually once you do that your first try then you'll learn things too so you can make it better you know but that's like i said it's all dependent on reasoning for wanting to cosplay Mm -hmm. And I think I speak for everybody here when I say like when I first started doing this, I didn't foresee any of this. I didn't foresee owning my own convention. I didn't foresee a lot of that stuff. And I just was wanted to do something that I always wanted to do um, and just went for it, you know, just decided to take that leap of faith. And now I'm here, you know, so you just never know where that stuff will lead. But the, when you go into something organically because you genuinely love it that's when you manifest all these wonderful things, you know, in your life. Because I know yeah. people like, I love cosplaying in groups. That's the most funnest part of cosplay to me is cosplaying with groups. And the reason is because I like the congregation. I like to do it together. I like all of us doing this fandom, you know, I, I enjoyed that aspect the most. So, you know, that's why another reason why, like I said, I'll work with anybody as long as they're, they have good quality and they're a cool person. Like It's not hard for me to work with them. You know, um, I know some people where they're like, look, you know, you're starting off, so you got to go to this con. You got to make sure you're at this con because all the famous cosplayers go be there. You want to make sure you cosplay only these popular animes. And it's just like, that's just like really restricting. And I don't think anybody who's just trying to have fun with it is going to have that much fun if that's the only reasons they're doing it so basically there's no exact guide on like how to start yeah yeah there's no there's no rubric there's no it really has to be about your intention and what you want to get out of it and i think I, you know, I don't want to speak for everybody here, but from what other people said, I have to agree. When I first started cosplaying, I didn't know that this, that it was going to take off the way that it did in terms of me being able to monetize it off of it and get a gain a following off of it. It was just about the pure love of the craft and the fandoms that I was cosplaying out of. But um, 
you know, you just have to be uh, intentional about it. And if you're not quite intentional about it, just do it for fun and have a good time. My personal advice would be to protect your energy and to keep your boundaries up. Just out of my personal experience, um, I think CC. I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure if CC or Fawn was the one who mentioned this, but in regards to coming, I think it was CC coming into this community and being uh, having those rose-colored glasses on, thinking that everything was just going to be peachy, keen, and sweet. We would like to believe that, but again, the reality is that. Um, you can make yourself vulnerable if you allow any type of energy and any type of person to try to, you know, talk to you about your cosplay, collaborate with you, do a, you know, all of these different things. Just protect your energy and keep your uh, team and your people close to you. Um, because again, feeling so connected to everyone because of the love of anime and the love of Marvel or Star Wars or whatever it is it can leave you open to people who are bad faith actors that want to cause harm to you. So my whole thing is to be, to know who your people are, stick with that, do what you love and whatever comes of it comes of it, but protect your energy um, and be kind to everyone, be kind to everyone, but also keep your boundaries up and stand firm on that. Because if you allow your boundaries to, fall by the wayside and everybody that's in the community can just come in and talk to you and try to do, you're going to have a lot of issues. So that's the best advice that I can give based on my personal experiences. I just want to piggyback a little bit off that and say that as you grow and as you become more popular, like, because I just think that that's something that comes natural to people who, when they tap into their passions to be mindful of people who are going to fetishize you and um, want to attach themselves to you simply because you're liked by other people. You know what I'm saying? There are people who are going to uh, want, pretend or think that they have a romantic interest in you. There are people who are gonna wanna do business with you and they don't even like you half the time, child. They just like you because everybody else likes you. And they get to say, well, I slept with CC the Geek. Why, you know, this, that, and the third. And it's unfortunate that you have to be mindful of that and cognizant of that. But it does happen. But at the same time, like you said, it's it's a gift. It's a give and take because some of my best friends, um, you know, are people in this community. Some people, some of my mentors are people in this community. And I have learned a shit ton of skills that I transfer to this job every day, running my business and running my brand. Um, they got me doing mobilization and engagement because they know that that's something that I'm good at. You know what I'm saying? So um, it, there's a lot of gifts and no community is immune. The Greek community, the HBCU, like it, every community's got its bullshit. I do think that this community as a sociology, uh, somebody who studies sociology and history, this is some of the most fascinating wild shit that I've ever witnessed. <laughs> the cosplay is like, it really should be a case study. It really should. Um, but outside of that, you know, just, just do you and, and be yourself. And don't let nobody like make you feel less than. All great advice. He said his first con last year, went in regular clothes, enjoyed it. Yeah, you can go on regular clothes. Usually I don't do cosplays all three days. I'll do cosplays like Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday I'll be in regular clothes. You know, because I just like to, you know, I want one day where I'm like 
just like everybody else chilling. Um, and you said Crocodile is your first uh, cosplay? Crocodile, hey, that's a real cool uh, character, you know, from One Piece. Uh, I actually thought about doing Crocodile before. Okay, hey, one of us. Anybody want to tap into anything else? Um, why don't we talk about <laughs> why don't we talk about um cosplayers working together? Cause we I know we talked about like the popularity thing, how popular cosplayers like to work with other popular cosplayers, but I'm talking about like black cosplayers liking to work together, period. So because I've seen in a lot of the especially like the Caucasian cosplay community, like they'll work together like like it's nothing, you know, real quick on a project or a new cosplay. And they do it quick because the show will just drop like that same week and then boom, they're dropping like a huge collab with all these big cosplayers. And I just feel like sometimes in the black cosplay community, we don't work together as quickly. Sometimes egos play a huge part or like even, I don't know, I don't know what the disconnect is, but for some reason there's a lot of flaking when people will be like, yeah, 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 I'll be there, I'll be, oh, this Thursday, okay, I'll go, and then they don't show up, you know, so it's just like, I feel like that's a kind of a struggle that we go through on our side. I was like, who wants to go first? Because I could say something. I but... see you, Chris, I see you, Chris, and CC, and I'm like, who's going first? <laughs> I feel like it's a, I feel like it's, there's multiple things here that are at play. A part of it is access and resources, right? And a disparity of access and resources. Like, let's face it, like by and large, white people got more disposable income than we got, you know? Um, so that's like a thing. Um, also, you know, circumstances or whatever. And not to, I don't know. I think that a lot of people are just afraid of letting people down a lot of times and they'll commit to certain things without really like understanding all that they have on their plate. And just like, because of that fear of disappointing whoever it is, they're like not being exactly upfront, but then that makes it snowball into a larger issue because there's lack of communication, lack of effective communication and all that type of stuff. So you just gotta really kind of like own what you're what you're capable of doing and maybe in january you were able to do this thing but now january 1st you were able to do this thing but now it's january 15th and some things happened and you might not be able to do it but it's still on you to like communicate to that person like yo you might want to find somebody else or can we push the date back or whatever the case may be so it's like it's a two-way street you know what i'm saying i feel like i feel like it's a two-way street to an extent because yeah, once you're sure. Once you're in adult territory, it's kind of, and maybe maybe I'm being too harsh with this, you know, but when you're in adult territory, it's like, you know your limitations. And if there is a limitation, you at least tell the person like, hey, I can't make it. Hey, right now, sign the budget. Yeah. Next week. I love Katsukon. Yeah. It's one of my favorite cons. I might not be going to Katsukon because financially, it would just be like a huge hit right now because I got other business ventures I'm doing. So like, you know, I would say that if there was an expectation of me to be there, you know, I would say like, hey, I know we had this collab going. I probably can't go. You know, it's nothing to say anything like that. But to just completely go somebody and then be like, oh, man, like, you know, I just it just wasn't a good time for me. It's like, yo, it's like Feminist Chronicles was saying earlier. 
you know, this is a business aspect. You go somebody and waste somebody's time like that. There's a photographer involved. There's a space involved. So now all this time was wasted. And because you didn't want to let me down, you ghosted me and let me waste money. Like, like it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like that aspect. And that's, you know, that's what I don't like about it. But I do understand things happen. I just wish there was a communication element or at least a respect element to it. And, you know, people just kept it real. Right. I mean, for sure. Even as somebody who runs a convention, it's like I've had people not show up to panels or whatever the case may be. But, you know, like when we did our event in 2022, that was fresh after the pandemic. So some people like I knew in advance that they wasn't going to make it. And some people last minute got COVID and couldn't come. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's, you know, but at the same, but then there were some people who no call, no show. And it's like, oh, all right, well, that'll be your last panel. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So um, you, you learn everything is circumstantial and you learn to um, extend grace or, um, and even if, even if it's like just a flat out disappointment, you know, you might not necessarily trip or nothing, but you're like, okay, now I know you've shown me, you know, how you move. And now I know to like take certain precautions next time. Right. Yeah, I think I think honestly, I don't work with a lot of new people in general. That's that's I just know the people I depend on, know the people that I have a connection with that I, you know, what I mean I can count on. And every once in a while, yeah, I mean I have a couple new projects that I'm like actual projects that I'm working on, but that I've had to work with new people. Uh I guess it really it really just depends. Like some people give you that respect and be like, oh man, I'm sorry. I mean, I've had some last minute, like, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna be able to make this. Uh, but it, it, overall, like I feel like my collab has been worked out pretty well, whether it's getting together for panels at cons. Um, that's always gone well. Like Asia, we've collabed a couple of times. I just hey, I got an idea. You want to get in on this? Uh I, I'd say I just I just really try to tap into people that I vibe with, you know what I mean? And normally it's reciprocated. Hey, man, you worked for the first time. That was it. Yeah. Just, just, you just, you just wanted to have me on the ground. Skip's going. Yeah. Sure, they see us yeah. right after the panel, taking pictures, you know, <laughs> doing the Audi manager and they you know, because you could you could vibe when you work with somebody. When you work with somebody and you can tell they're good people, you tell the vibe is good, then this ain't. Hey. And I could tell that from you. As soon as we work together on the panel, we're bouncing off each other, and it's like, okay, cool. I could work with this man. You know what I'm saying? He's he's down, got ideas, he's down to do the stuff. Let's go. You know, no, it was dope. It was dope. Um, I'm gonna piggyback on what you said. Oh, oh sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Asia. Get on because it. <laughs> I do tend to work with the same people. It's a comfortability level and we have rapport already. And I know their lifestyle and their schedules is, is comfortable for me. And I know when sometimes life gets too busy and I know I feel like they're not going to make something or um, be able to meet a deadline. I, I can just always speak up like, hey, I know you have this going on in your life. It's totally okay. We can reschedule, but I'm trying to do better. Um, try to reach out and work with new people, but it's so hard because I don't want to be let down. I don't want to be having my hopes up 
and the cosplay or the collaboration or whatever we're going to do a panel is not going to work out because I always want to feel like when I work with somebody, I want to put them on my roster. I don't want to count on them and keep working with them. I don't like to just work with somebody and just leave them in the dust, but I like continuous work. That's how I get to know somebody um, and learn something new about them is through these collaborations. But uh, I'm going to try to do better this year. <laughs> One of the questions said, has anybody here been to DreamCon? If so, I was curious about what it's like for you personally, because my friend told me she thinks me and her should go next year. Um, DreamCon oh. is DC was there, Asia was there, we had a cosplay group, Shinobi was there. So I want to know what the mixed feedback is. I want the <laughs> I want the I tea. know the tea, but I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna see what you're gonna say. <laughs> I loved it though. I thought it was lit. It was cool. I, I think the first day was just kind of like it the lines were so long. Uh, oh see, I'm not, I kind of missed that. Yeah, I, so I, I, I just I just waited for like I just waited. I just chilled with the homies and I was like, I'm just gonna wait. Nerds, no fights broke out. I I, I felt like it was a great time. Nobody got no, no rapes or nothing. I feel like it the actual con itself went really well for twenty two thousand people. Yeah, I mean to be fair, they quadrupled their numbers in the span of a year. Like that's yeah. unheard of. That's unheard. They went from like five, six thousand to twenty-two thousand niggas. Like that's a lot of niggas to, to and then staffing. Like you just, it's a lot. That's a huge jump. Yeah. I mean, it's a good problem to have, but I can't imagine going from like you telling me that I just had five, and now I'm gonna have twenty thousand. And we can, they capped it at that. Like they would have had, yeah. more, you know. And no, I, and first I, they had a new venue too, so they had to yeah, learn that too. Yeah. That too. Overall, overall, it was it was a blast. Like the parties were cool. Uh, you know what I mean. Some of the panels, I created some relationships there, some business relationships. So it was it was definitely, I definitely recommend going. Mm-hmm. That's a good time, you know. The like you said, the after parties was jumping. I it's mean, <laughs> on, on the other side, there were some people who felt that the con should have had more people working there. It should have had more workers, and it should have, but like Cece yeah. said, numbers just jumped up so quickly. I don't think they were really aware yeah. that people were actually going to be there. But this yeah. year, they did say that they were going to increase the staffing so there were no issues. Because some people did say they like, had to wait in the line for hours. Personally, yeah. I've been to Big Green, so there's always a door you can get in and not, that's exactly what we yeah, do. Dragon Con's line for badges is be wrapped around the block, honey, and it's like a big block. <laughs> it's like an avenue block if you're a New Yorker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, so I mean, more, you know, things that they're going to work on, but I mean, they've been real good sports about, you know, taking the criticism to yeah. work on, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But don't be holding black cons to higher standards than the other cons. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> All right, so what's y'all favorite cons? What's everybody's favorite con? HBCU con. I was waiting on that answer. I was waiting on that answer. I liked DreamCon too. DreamCon was a vibe. Um, a lot of HBCU nerds down there. A lot, a lot. Um, so I like that. Magfest is actually a banger for me. It's grown and sexy. It's not cosplay heavy, 
but the cosplayers bring their A game and you get to game for 24 hours a day on any type of console you want. It's crazy. Um, Cat 2, even though it's like a giant cosplay competition, it's still lit. <laughs> and it's during Black History Month and we have our meetup. Cat 2 is fun regardless. Yeah. It's going to sound like, it's going to sound vain, but like legit, I, the, it's something so sacred and create in your own space. And even when I'm doing events at other cons, like those are my favorite places to be. Yeah, um, so, and Chroma, I'm excited about ChromaCon this year too. Brittany's really cool. Well, you know, DreamCon, that's a, a good one. DragonCon, you know, that was my first con. So DragonCon is always, you know, one of the top for me. Um, yeah. Katsukon's real fun. Um, AC and C2E2 out of Chicago is real fun. Megacon down in Florida is real fun. Yeah. I went to Ranger Pop, Stop and Pop, which is small, but it's cool. That's um, owned by two of the former Yellow Rangers, Karen yeah. Ashley and Nakia Burris. So it's Black woman owned. Um, it's in Atlanta, and they're associated with the Ranger Stop Convention in Orlando, I think. New York Comic Con was cool. It's just overwhelming. But I heard it wasn't nowhere near as overwhelming as Anime NYC. <laughs> Anime NYC was really that overwhelming. I was about to say, no, nah, I don't know. Nah, what was year. the con where they had like people on the escalators and they was packed like sardines? You're talking about Anime Expo in LA. Okay. Uh, Anime Expo, that's oh, one nah. of my right there. It was fun though, but it was it was yo, it was crazy. Gridlock all up and through there. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'm my that one in NYC. I don't want to put y'all. <laughs> uh, they said, hopefully, Urban Nerd is one it's of the like favorite. Her request. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to say Dragon Con for me is home. It was my true, first, first time. So, yeah. You know, that's Atlanta's single largest revenue generator. Yep. Like the city of Atlanta. <laughs> Like you just you just walking around downtown and you just see all these cosplayers. First time I went, I was like, "Yo, this is wild." It is, and MomoCon is the second biggest now. They're lit, and the public this year. I'm going again. You going again? So I see you. I'll be there. Please. I don't know. We might we might throw a party. Oh oh, you might might throw a party. Oh shit! Dragon Con, Dragon Con, I'm doing. I always do the parties, but I, someone asked about MomoCon. We'll see. I got to I got to get my D. It's only if my DJ is swaggish pulling up, then. then we'll <laughs> That's what's up. Keep me posted on that. And we're having our meetup at Katsucon, the Black Sucon, 28 Days okay. of Black Cosplay. That'll be Saturday, from four to five at the Fountain. This time, y'all, we outgrew the gazebo, so we go into the Fountain this year. Um, gazebo was a good time last year, though. It, it, it was, it was, but we're too big now, so we got to be at the fountain, which is cool because then when we do like the video interviews and highlights of y'all, we can easily go in between outside and inside. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also going to have some dope stuff happening during Awesome Con weekend with Plus Ultra Entertainment. That's my birthday weekend, so I'm finalizing the details for my birthday party. Um, and yeah, lots of good stuff on the horizon. Y'all just stay tuned. I'm like, I'm trying my best to bite my tongue, but lots of dope. Um, oh, an urban nerd con, we're gonna be there turning that out. 
Venture Bros is also going to be a guest, so stay tuned. I, I was just on the phone with Roy earlier about like, yeah, we're going to have a party. It's going to be lit. So, um, yes, yeah, taking over the Blackest event in ATL. Um, so that's going to be lit. And then lots of other dope stuff um, to announce soon, guys. So appreciate y'all. How do y'all feel about the Black presence in like nerd movies and nerd culture, like, you know, like as far as Marvel movies, as far as like anime, how do you guys feel about the black presence? Do you feel it's increased? You mean, you mean it's, like, okay. Do you feel I, like I just, racial swapping? What, how do you feel? It's not, it's just, I just want to see more than just, you know, being the best friend and, you know, aiding white people. I, we have our own stories. We have our own, you know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm just, if you think about it, you know, think about Everything it. The meme created where it had like all these different heroes, like it had Superman, it had Captain America, it had Iron Man. They're like all these superheroes got a black best friend to keep them in check. <laughs> Because you know, well, Superman, he had the uh, black dude who was a colonel in the military. You got, you know, Iron I, Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like every, it's always a black best friend that keeps him protect. The magical Negro. Is the magical Negro. Not magical, the token. The magical help best friend. <laughs> <laughs> One of the um, that there is like a little bit of presence trying to creep up, but yeah. not enough, not not protagonist level. Now, well, I will say that the the level of represent, like the artistry, like from Mr. Popo, we've come a long way from Mr. Popo. We've come a long way. I'm just saying, the, the artistry is much better, much more accurate. Capone and Thomas Neverland bring us right back. Right. <laughs> right. It's okay, guys. He's the strongest <laughs> man in the universe. <laughs> like, okay. Thanks. I'm like, <laughs> just like a slave. Right. So, oh, so I, I wish there's this. This is this is Dom's idea, by the way. I don't know if you heard this on the previous podcast, but this, this is Dom's idea to so have a, a bus, a cosplayers, like a cosplay tour. That'd be dope. Copy, yeah. A contour. That's a lot of time off. You got that much PTO? That's a good question. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> like, look, I'm sitting at work. I'm going to have to put my leave in. I mean, I got a lot, but I don't know if I got that much. <laughs> but I, that's how to thought. So it was a domino because I was like, dang, uh, a bus of cosplayers going to a con? How's that going to smell? But. <laughs> Did you think it's like We have rules and regulations. Black, I feel like a black cosplay bus would smell good. Not at all. <laughs> I don't know if it's because all black nerds, but hey, DreamCon did not smell. It didn't. So that's all I'm saying. Like, we, hey, hey, that was that. That was that one dude that walked around was like deodorant. Deodorant. I saw him. <laughs> that's hilarious. Doing the Lord's work. Uh, I know this year there's going to be an anime cruise. I heard about that. I didn't know if it was open or not. I remember that when they created the group on Facebook, um, but I hadn't looked into it since then. Hmm. I wonder how that's going to go. Because I'm uh, yeah. meeting up in Florida and then going to 
I mean, there's there's been convention cruises before, but I think that one's tailored to specifically black people, the one you're talking about. I see. Yeah, and the ones that they've had before are like super huge fandoms, like the Star Trek cruise. I think okay. Star Wars has one. Um, like the, mm-hmm. I know Star Trek has one every year. Yeah, yeah, Star Trek has one. Mm-hmm. Our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone's con. <laughs> Period. Put your little blurb in there. <laughs> Anime cruise in the Caribbean, that would be lit. I mean, because a lot of people would be like, Yeah, but would you be focusing on nerd stuff or would you guys just be trying to party? But if you go to something like Dragon Con or Dream Con, you can see you can have both. Yeah. You know, yeah. As yeah. soon as you're done with the con, they either change into regular clothes. Sometimes they be wearing nerd bathing suits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Hey, you can have both, you know. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. What's a cosplay that everyone's excited to do this year? Ooh, that's a good question. Mm. All right, I don't really drop my joints in advance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think what should I, yeah, I'm like, I, I'm sure there's one that I can put out there. Yeah. Uh, it's I, my first, cause I could go right now. <laughs> you go. Oh yeah, you go, Shaquille. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to cosplay Static Shock this year at Berkeley. Okay, great. Yeah. Nice. Yes. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out like what to do with my hair. Should like should I get cornrows? Should I do box braids or whatnot? So mm-hmm. all that, I gotta figure out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, box braids. <laughs> I couldn't yeah, hear a good box braid cosplay. Wait, Folox would look good too. Oh, oh yeah, Folox would be good too. Yeah. Oh, um, Venture Bros. I'm cosplaying as a uh, Static Shock. Oh, okay, okay, nice. Yeah. Static. Yeah. Nice. This year, I'm going to do some Venture Bros. cosplays. Like my fandom has been begging me. My followers been begging me for years. What are you gonna okay. Play? Bros, you got venture bros in your name. You ain't did no venture bros. So this shit, I'm the monarch. I'm gonna do Brock Samson. So okay, yeah. bless our screen. Finally. Yes, <laughs> you should do South Park Asia because you got okay. Put it on your roster, girl. You could be uh, Wendy Testaburger. Nobody fucks with Wendy Testaburger. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm a, well I definitely so shout out to Femme Chronicles because you bodied this cosplay and it's probably one of the main reasons why I haven't done it yet because I'm like this she fucking turned this no, cut it out cut it out Black Chun-Li you ate that and I really want to do that one wait what, which character I'm sorry black, I think you did the Black Chun-Li am I tripping it was many moons no I, I did tripping? jury ha- I did jury Han and my sister uh okay. she, she I did Chun Li. Yeah. Okay, your sister did Chun Li. Yeah, she did. Oh, okay. So I knew I saw it on your post. I'm like, hold up. I know I didn't do do my girl dirty. But yeah, I really <laughs> want to do black Chun Li and I want to do Kimberly also from um yes. Fighter. I would love with the big box for, like the big braids. I think that would be cute. Mm. I would love to see that on you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we should 
cosplay group since we all did the podcast. We totally yeah, should. Right? Yeah, we should. What would we do? What 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 were we feeling like? Ooh. I mean, I'm down. That's a good question. I mean, I know a lot of us have done something from X Men. I know a lot True. of us have done something from um, like video game characters. I know we've all done video game characters, right? So. Street Fighter, yeah. Mortal Kombat, Marvel. Uh, zero. I'm claiming it. I'm calling it. Wait, wait, wait. Zero. What would you, you say? No, zero. Zero. Oh, you, want, zero. you want to do Mortal Kombat? Okay. I'm Jade. What's up? Okay, period. Adrian <laughs> says she got Jade. I want Shiva. Come on now. Come uh, on now with it. <laughs> I'll do that. I'm with it. Does anybody else have any characters that they're really excited to do for this year? Before, oh, uh, I, before I add the one that I want to do. I'm, I'm uh, going to do Itadori. Itadori. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. nice. Itadori from what? JJK. You, you just guy. Oh, oh, okay. Yuji. I, I'm so used to calling him Yuji. Oh, so yeah, I, I got you. Who is that? Well, I'm used to calling him Yuji. I do want to do a part two to my Sakuna because I had other ideas for that cosplay and I wanted to yes. uh, and you. do that. Your, your first Sakuna was literally everything to yeah, me. So, yeah. I'm not ready for part two. Life on that thing is gonna last forever. It's gonna be like the four with me and, and Jay and them. Like that's how that that giant gonna live forever. Oh, <laughs> like, bro, stop sharing that same Sukuna. Who is this? Let's stop sharing. Like, no. So what? She's on my my wallpaper. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to do a party. <laughs> I'll play it. Every day. <laughs> right. Period. Gary, what you got? Man, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working on my own character. Oh, okay, cool. OC. Uh, OC, nice. It's costing a pretty penny, but um, I'm hopefully <laughs> the guy that's making it is actually he made uh the Deadpool costume. So uh, what? Nice. Period. You mean the original Deadpool costume no, the, for the movie? Well, he he did uh like all of the the Deadpool costumes, and he actually doing the one right now, Deadpool three. So, wow. Um, mm. I'm trying to just get hold of him that's like. A, Get the measurements and all that stuff. The costume right. that I won from him is, is crazy. I won a costume from him. He charged like five thousand dollars. And I won it for like a hundred bucks in a raffle. And that was wow. like this, you know, the third costume I, I got actually. Wow, look at God. Wow. Good for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. You save money. You about to yeah. shut it down. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Get the whole really deal. Yeah. Oh, he's a good dude. That's what's up. Can't wait to see that. I think uh, for me, the most anticipated cosplay that I'm trying to get together for this year, I have a few that I have like back order from like years ago, but mm -hmm. I said I was going to do decks from Cannon Busters like three Ooh. to four years ago, whenever the show came out. And my process with my costume maker that's that's building the whole suit for me, it's been quite a process. So I guess that's the most anticipated cosplay because it's just been so long that I said right. I was going to do this cosplay. So right. when I do it, I hope it really, you know, it does what it's supposed to do. It, it gives what it's supposed to give. Yeah, <laughs> oh, we will. Oh, we will. Oh, we will. And, and did. 
<laughs> so, okay, what con are we all gonna be at? Oh, it's gonna be hard. Organize this in the chat. Oh, you want to oh, organize it? Right I know. Like, <laughs> time like the present. Hey. This is gonna be very difficult. I'm just gonna. <laughs> He's ready to go now. He'll be ready to cosplay tomorrow. Be like, yeah, I got the suit, everything. And we're like, dang, can I get a week, dog? Like, let me give me a pay period. Like, shit. Well, let's go. <laughs> so that's how my creativity works. When it comes, I got to move on it. Well, I'm definitely going to be at Anime NYC. Okay, I'm gonna have to. I might if if everybody can do that. So now go they, they changed their date. It's literally the week before Dragon Con now. Really? Oh, they tried it. They tried it. Cause I'm going to Dragon Con. That's gonna be kind of tough. Okay. Yeah, everyone yeah. goes there. Yeah, I'm probably on this year too. Yeah. I've been in years, so I gotta gotta relive that that hot life. The dream. Oh my god. <laughs> Okay, well, we maybe so Dragon Con tensitive. <laughs> oh, Florida girl, she wanted to leave Florida. Who leaving? Who Florida? Florida? That's you. <laughs> you. <laughs> I know. I haven't. I haven't been to an outside of Florida convention since I started cosplaying. But everybody keeps telling me to go to DreamCon. Everybody keeps telling me to go to what's the other one? Dream Con and Dra Dragon Con. So, uh, uh, Dragon Con might be one that I might venture out to this year, but we'll see. Are you in South Florida? You come there. Yeah, come on. I haven't been. I would love to meet you guys. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Fawn. What'd you no, say? So, no, <laughs> I was saying I was right there with you because I haven't gone to an out of state con. Yeah, I want to go to Dream Con. I want to go to Awesome Con. I want to go to like so many cons, but like time and money. Ah. <laughs> Hopefully, we can all meet up and then we can yeah. do our Mortal Kombat together. <laughs> right, we'll just get an Airbnb. That's that's it. That's the solution. That's a bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with it. I will say, y'all, I love being here, but. I have an hour commute back to my house from the office after we leave here. So I'll give you all 15 more minutes. And then <laughs> wrap it up, guys. Wrap it up. <laughs> I said it was gonna be nine, but I love it here. So I'm like, I give it another 30. Only because, you know, I could if, if I just sit, shut off my laptop and go to bed, then it'd be different, you know. I'd be here all night. <laughs> and I love my HRC, but I gotta be back here on Tuesday. So I'm like <laughs> Um, I, I'm trying to think. I feel like uh, maybe we had like another topic or, or two to touch on, Go but on I'm going blank right now because I'm just so excited with the podcast. So, <laughs> what, what's everybody right now? Has everybody like has everybody seen Book of Clarence or American Fiction? Yo, American what? Fiction. That was great. I enjoyed that. American fiction. I've been hearing so much, so many good things about it. Yeah. Now the movie I'm really like, all right. Uh, um, 
I just literally last night I went to see Origin. I'm so mad that it's not getting any award. Like that movie is it's it's, it's one of the best movies I've ever seen as far as story and like okay. yeah, it's it is a fucking good great I feel like it has something to do with it's been it's direct written and directed by you know a black woman, so right, you know, yeah. Um, but it's it's definitely fantastic. Okay, Man, I, we know that. Duly noted. Wait, it's a black woman with a white leading male? No. <laughs> no. We're not we're not gonna do that white savior stuff. Actually, okay. All right, but but, but John look 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 John John Bernthal is in in this movie. Uh Punisher, he played the Punisher. He's great. He's great in it. Okay. He is a good actor. Shane from Walking Dead. Shane, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's my nigga. I hated when he died. I really hated. We all did. No one mm. was right after that. Mm. Carl. What? He knew. <laughs> <laughs> that was sleeping with his best friend's wife and got a pregnant. I mean, you right. He didn't know, bro. Like, you gotta think, yo. You think he's dead. He man. he was dead. You think he's dead, and now but you no, got this no, love. No, 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 they was having an affair before the zombie apocalypse, remember? Remember he found out? I, I don't remember out. that. I don't remember that. was the tea. I deleted that. I deleted that. I don't remember He deleted that, that see? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He so was like cut out of Michelle Obama at my dad. That's what she's been chilling here. Blessing with black girl magic. <laughs> now y'all got him dating a black woman. Shinobi talking about I need to see this movie. What? What? <laughs> on Black History Month, on Oprah Winfrey, you saying this? Okay. Why she gotta have black people on all her movies? No, I'm just, just, just looking for her. Malcolm, just like Jonathan was looking for her. It's Coretta. Okay, I'm just her Coretta. You better be yeah. more like Coretta. I'm done. I'm done with you. I'm mad you even said that. Coretta Scott King would very much like to be excluded from the I'm mad he said that multiple times. When I saw the interview, I said, bro, what I said, no, bro, you did not just say that. Well, why would you up again? Why would you bring first you brought her up to a white girl, which makes no sense because who Coretta is. That part though. That part, that was the oddest thing to me. Like, what, what in his mind and his psychology caused him to say that to this woman? Crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> they replayed it. She but didn't. Like, do you know who that is? She didn't say anything. So I'm like, bro, why would you even think she would know that? Nah, that was crazy. And then but he asked her the too. He said, though. "Do you know who that is?" He said, "Do you know who and that she is?" She looking like, "Bitch, no," because I'm white. <laughs> <laughs> And what she actually brought to black people. So oh, no, for sure. It diminishes. But see, that's such a hotep narrative. They'll be my Michelle Obama, be my Coretta Scott King. First of all, Coretta Scott King was that girl. Okay, yeah. like let's not, yeah. she was not just MLK's wife. Okay, sis right. was a de decorated <laughs> opera singer, Spellman alum, and she used her talents and her opera singing to raise money for the movement. Okay, and she was, and she was the main reason why MLK stood out against the Vietnam War. Yeah. So Coretta Scott King was like, he did, 
she ain't they ain't getting married because you know MLK knew that she was gonna be this right. you know like <laughs> happy housewife. No, he married her because she was that girl and that he knew she was that, doing the like, work. I'm not going to find another woman like this. Mm-hmm. Point mm-hmm. blank period. Same with Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama was the breadwinner until yeah. Barack Obama became a senator. She was making three hundred thousand a year as a corporate attorney. Like, do so not speak on these women. She was still making speak more. She was still making more than him when he became senator. Well, she she probably making more than him now because she's selling them books. <laughs> the becoming like, come on, stop playing with your girl. And she was his so, mentor. And so, was- yeah. So when Jonathan Majors was saying stuff like that, I'm just like, bro, it's I know you're coming from, but but this is the wrong person to talk to. And then when he said to Megan, it's like, okay, you just need a publicist. You need somebody to talk for you. I couldn't believe he said that. A therapist, child. He needs a lot. He needs a lot. He needs a lot. Yeah, yeah, he did. I mean, he gonna get. He. I tell people, I think he's still gonna get work, just not from. Damn, no, 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 Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Uh, did y'all see the Monique, the Monique interview that was on um, Club I did not see that one. Yeah. I didn't watch Cat Williams in its entirety. It was great. It was just it was I did watch just because he was pouring so much salt and so much tea. I had to watch that one. <laughs> Look, I'm screaming. Tell him no. How, how do y'all feel, though, about what Dave Chappelle said when he said that Cat Williams is a painter he painted the this negative picture about black men in the comedy industry. What about the white men who are doing wrong? You didn't say anything about them. Cat's experience is with the black is he don't go on tour with white comedians, you know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. like I feel like I feel like if somebody's telling their truth, you can't expect them to be like, Oh, well, I need to look out for black people. He's telling his truth. He got burned by black people. So obviously he's gonna talk about who burned him, you know. It's not a race. When he's doing that, you know, and it's like, what good is it going to do? Like, that's my whole thing and why I feel like internalized oppression has become like really my life's work in a lot of ways, because white people are going to white people like and, and what can I as a black person do to convince you as a white person to see me as a human being? You know what I'm saying? Like, for real. And um, I think that like with us being amongst ourselves, there's more power and we can't. And, and you know, to that point, there's so much more power and um prophecy and being able to clean house you know what i'm saying and having making sure that you as a community have your shit together and that you're on one accord and that you're not throwing each other under the bus because like that stuff the the, they're gonna try to do things to divide us and to you know like um i was talking to somebody about i think it was you venture bros i was talking about negative stereotypes for black americans versus black people in africa and how, like, in America, we're fed the narrative of, oh, they live in huts and you got to we got to have missionaries give them money because they don't have infrastructure and all this. Not even to saying why they don't have some of the infrastructure they don't have versus in America where we're like into gun violence and all these other things. And we all get these negative stereotypes and, and internalize these things, even about ourselves, you know, like women who are performing femininity and being pick me's, if you will. 
um, or folks who are like apologists for white people. That is really like what I feel like is something that we have to unpack. And we it's easy to like point at them and be and and point at the outside. Um, but it's harder to like look at ourselves as a community and be like, oh, we got some shit to sort out, <laughs> you know. No, I, I absolutely agree with that point. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm not trying to drag drag the the uh, discussion <laughs> up, but right. um, I agree. And, and that's to my point, what I was saying before about the perception that we have on other people within our community and the perception that they may have at us. At, at us. Um, and I hope I'm not being too candid speaking about this, but I think all of us have seen our fair share of drama within the black cosplay creative space community. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I'm not gonna be shy and I'm not gonna try to act like I'm on my high horse. I've been involved in some of that drama in the past. People draw you on, into the drama. You mm -hmm. feel like you need to fight for somebody's cause because you identify or relate to them. Mm -hmm. um, and I just feel like a lot of the time uh, that drama gets in the way of the larger the larger picture that we're trying to paint, um, which is, you know, we want to promote community. We want to promote all of these positive things. But at the end of the day, we're just people and people going people. You know what I mean? Uh, right. People yeah. are going to feel slighted, disrespected. Somebody, you know, people are going to feel like they need to come at somebody or, you know, make an example of them. Mm -hmm. um, and so many of these things have happened within our, our community community. Uh, for me within the last few years. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like, it, it, I, I'm not sure who said this, but it, it comes with giving people grace and giving ourselves grace. But mm -hmm. at the same time as a community, we do have to recognize and understand the standards that we have within this community. And if we keep talking about it and we keep promoting it and we keep establishing what the boundaries and the standards are, then I feel like we can kind of mitigate or do some sort of damage control. Right. Dra dramatic incidents come into play because people are people. We're going to make mistakes. Things are going to happen. Um, but we have to keep being proponents uh, and, you know, propellers of positive interactions within the community that are going to benefit not only business interactions, but personal growth and interpersonal interactions, making friends, you know, just meeting people in the community. We have to keep talking about the standards that we have. Cosplay is not consent. Um, respect, you know, respect cosplayers and their, and their personal. All of these conversations, they have to continue happening because otherwise people just are left to their own devices and right. the issues persist, you know, <laughs> so. It's like having a community covenant or a G code really. And that's kind of like the cosplay community is kind of interesting and really the entertainment industry as a whole, because there is no real like code of conduct or values or like say, you know, from like me being in Delta or with Venture Bros being in uh, Cap Alpha Psi, there's certain, we have a constitution and certain, and a code of conduct, like the, you're not supposed to conduct yourself a certain way representing this organization. And if you do fall, go out and you know, step out of line, especially as a, as a habitual line stepper, if you will, um, you know, there are repercussions to that. So it's like, <clears throat> 
how do you do that in a where like we're not a formal organization you know but right. um like how do you as a community hold people accountable call people out but also call folks in um it's it's uh, there's a lot of nuance to it um but i think that just kind of like being in community with folks who you really care about and also um graciously but but being uh, tenacious in like how you move and how you treat others and, and just uh, and how you protect others as well can can really speak volumes to um, and, and make a world of difference as well. Agreed. Definitely. Well said. What's um <laughs> it might be close to 15 minutes. <laughs> we have 15 minutes. Yeah, we are. What you want? <laughs> no, play. What is you guys' uh favorite moment? What has been your favorite moment as a cosplayer? That's hard. I think my favorite moment was when someone recognized a cosplay that I did yeah. a character that's like a side character. Not too many people um, know her. Um, I cosplayed as um, Emma Rellis from Dr. Stone. Okay. I think only two people recognized her out of all the cosplays that I've done. Like um, other people recognize who I am or whatever, but um, I felt some kind of accomplishment that they recognized what I created and what I crafted, the headpiece, the, um, the corset and whatnot. So I think that was my proudest moment as a cosplayer. Period. All right, if you're saying specifically as a cosplayer, then I can't bring up the convention. So, but that was a moment for me. But when I in Baltimore, I was at Baltimore Comic Con, and I can't place which which one it was. Because that was my very first con in 2015. But I think it was the one in 2016 that I did. Um, and I I was cosplaying um, San from Princess Mononoke. And I was just roaming through the halls or whatever, and hardly anybody knew who the hell I was, unless they were like a huge Studio Ghibli fan, a huge anime fan. Um, and then as I was walking, me and this uh, Asian photographer like locked eyes, and he looked at me like, "Is it really her?" And I'm like, "Yeah," looking at him. And then we he uh, pulled out his camera. I put I got into the pose or whatever, and he took the picture and he started nodding. He's like, "Mine okay, son." I was like, "Yes, yes." Said that shit in Japanese. I was like, my nigga, you better. <laughs> that was a moment for me. Who's going next? Anybody else? I mean, I'm saving my. I'm trying to let y'all go. Uh, me too. This is hard. This is hard. I'm. Still, I'm. Think, I'm trying to process. <laughs> uh, I have one though. Um, so I was going to a con and there was this kid who had a. Uh, uh, cancer and somehow his story got forwarded to me or something and he wanted to go to this convention he couldn't go to the convention and i just reached out to a bunch of cosplayers who were going who was going to the convention uh about we bought him a shield and like got like all the celebrities that were there to sign the shield and stuff like that and we got him a hammer uh milner and uh got it to his dad and everything and like the kid was i just the kid was just so happy and so like uh just just so grateful and it was that was probably one of the, the the best moments but and and this was like eight years ago 
And now, like he's he's, he's cancer free now and can go to conventions and everything. So it's like, uh, yeah, it's cool. I try to follow up with him, you know, every once in a while, say how he's doing. But that's that's like probably my favorite story. I love that. That's amazing. Dang, Chris, I can't go after that. You carrying cancer and shit? Like, what Yo. Oh my goodness. Well, since since I'm I'm hot on the mic, I guess, but uh one of my favorite moments was if people, you know, personally know me, they know that I am a um, Mario World stan, slightly. slightly okay. Marvel, probably not my wallpaper, but I like <laughs> to do reels about the Mario universe. And I'm going to start doing some of those this year. I kind of slacked off last year, but I did a skit with Mario and Luigi doing antics and they're bothering Bowser. And that was the first time I edited myself um the two different cosplays but in the same shot and i remember um, i was at a convention and a group of people remembered that video they're like aren't you that girl that was dressed as bowser and you had mara luigi go beat bowser up I'm like yeah yeah that that was me so that was that was kind of cool but yeah nice your peach was so cute Thank you. Even though she's a true villain, but I'm, I'm going to say that right later. I'm going to say that right later. <laughs> she's a little toxic, but you know, I'm going to have a girl later. Come she's through with it. Come through with it. Oh, <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. Speak your truth. Inquiring minds, shut up. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. down in Bowser's <laughs> world, in Bowser land. <laughs> Peaches, peaches. Oh, right. oh. Now I want to know why y'all like Peach. Ooh, she's so cool. Wait, what what do you mean by that? Because I'm really about to go in on you. <laughs> I just want to know, you know what I'm saying. You must have not had the pink. Nintendo DS back in the day with the Super Princess Peach game for the that DS at the time. They because did. if you did, you would know Princess Peach ain't nothing to fuck with. Just saying. The only thing that <laughs> remotely compared was the <laughs> and they had Pikachu on it, and then the little Pokeball turned it on. Oh, come on, good come times. on. Now. That was a sixty-four. Mario won't stand for it. That's all. Oh. <laughs> I'm staying out of this one. Hey, <laughs> and you literally are talking like this now? Wait, wait, wait. Hold, wait, what did you say? Deception. The deception. What twist? Surprise. Right, you don't want to make me dress up as Peach, and then I ain't even know Asia was going to be Peach. I would have been, uh, what's her name? Daisy. The, the, oh, good time. Because, um, what's her name? Paper Doll was uh, Rosalina. That's right, Los Rosalina. Mm -hmm. Oh, good times. We, we, we need to do that again. Hey, hey, look, we do it again. Period. We might have to do a super, maybe the next group cosplay is going to be a Super Mario cosplay. We could do it. Obviously, yeah. the females got to represent. 
There's more than enough yes. characters in the series because you got yeah. all the Bowsets and the Boosets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got and boozets, and you right. got shy guys, <laughs> or you can do gender bends like I did Mario. You know, you can do a gender bend. So, hey, I'm all for it. Y'all know I'm all team Mario. So, <laughs> all right, so that's what we settling on for our group. Are you happy now? <laughs> <laughs> what was the original question the original question was what was the the cosplay that we're most excited to do yes okay yeah. i guess mine would perhaps be um i already said dex that was one that i was you really did. excited to do but i have some other ones that i feel like i'm excited to do and i can't think about uh i'm so backed up in cosplays i don't even know i'll just go ahead and say dex is my most anticipated cosplay for the year so i'll let the next person go <laughs> the, the original question was what was your favorite moment as a cosplayer oh yeah that was the question they, okay i got completely off track my most my question. favorite uh moment as a cosplayer um has been well, my most favorite cosplay moments ever are with my with my girls, my sister uh, and my and my homegirl um, Jamie, aka Fuzzy Peach Cosplay. One time, one year, we went to I think it was Holiday Matsuri, okay. and I was Genova. My sister was Kaguya, and my mm -hmm. friend Jamie was Vados from uh, Dragon Ball Super. Okay. And so, when we were in the convention, somebody walked up with walked up to us and they were like all of you are each the most powerful entities in your respective universes and i was like yes you got the concept that's exactly what we were going for and that was the best compliment that we've ever received as a trio cosplay so that was the best moment for me because he literally recognized what we were doing and i love that <laughs> yo it's Rex, my boy Tristan, Chi-Town. That's a beast right there. That man be making movie prop quality monster builds and stuff. Yeah. He was a player. He kind of evolved into a prop maker. And like recently, he's been making nothing but like giant monsters movies. They're all movie quality. The last mm -hmm. week, he did the Alien Queen from the Alien series. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Really, wow. He's really, really good. From the trench and Aquaman, he he specializes in doing monsters. Yeah, yeah. From yeah, y'all holler at him on the on the gram. Mm -hmm. And what's his at? Who are you guys talking about? Uh, uh, Trice Rex. Right? Oh, in the comments, yeah, your work is absolutely phenomenal, Trice Rex. Um, mm -hmm. love your work. <laughs> the goat. All right, the chat town. Mm-hmm. But um uh favorite moment as a cosplayer. Um, <laughs> my favorite moment as a cosplayer was um so my daughter's 15 Aww. overseas. Her mom's uh married to a military guy too. He so, just was with her to celebrate her birthday. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um 
with baby girl uh she my daughter's like anti-nerd she's not really into nerd stuff at all so i can't experience like any father daughter cosplays or anything like that but uh probably the biggest moment was when i did proud family this was like 2022 when i did oscar proud for the first time so it did really well went really viral to the point where the director of proud family shared it and you know tommy davidson of course saw it he shared it on his twitter um and a lot of the cast shared it it got circulated so much that my daughter and one of her friends ended up showing it to her and her friend didn't realize that this is her dad <laughs> so when she told me about it and she was like, "Oh, you did this. You did that Oscar Proud cosplay." I was like, "I was like, oh, you went on my page." She was like, "No, one of my friends showed me." And I was like, "I was like, is that a good thing? Your dad? Do you get to see your dad? You know what I'm saying?" And she was like, "I mean, it was okay. They just all they, they all looked at your face and I didn't know you were like this internet famous." So I was like, "Well, I'm not famous, but you know, it's cool to know that you know your friends at least appreciate me." And I was like, "So I mean, you go do a." uh father daughter cosplay with me she was like no so you know but that was probably my favorite moment it circulated so much that my daughter was able to see it you know so that was probably my favorite moment in cosplay she'll come around in her 20s she just, you know when you're when your kids are teenagers you're lame you're just lame by default as the parent yeah yeah my daughter i've, I've tried every different possibility to get her into nerd stuff like watch anime or to you know like uh coffee she's not budging now if I told her about it might the, be a slow burn for her <laughs> if i told her like hey let's go to this greek picnic in atlanta over the summer she's all down for that but the other side the other side nah she's not budging a win is a win yeah yeah no no that's still my favorite moment even though she still wouldn't do it, hey, you know, still my favorite moment that she saw it. So. Well, God, mine would be uh, the first 50 state tour that I did. Um, we were on the highway and, you know, 20 plus days. I don't know what day it is or whatever. So it happened to fall on my birthday. We got to Denver. And uh kid was real ill. Uh, his brother was like super excited to see me. I was dressed as Spider-Man. And like I said, it was my birthday. I'm going in the house and I'm just in the, you know, in the mode of being Spider-Man, you know, not thinking as soon as I walk in, they start singing happy birthday. So I'm thinking like, whose birthday is it? You know what I'm saying? I'm just still, you know, still not hitting me. Then, you know, they asked me, you want a cupcake? I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm cool. You know, I'm talking to the son that's ill and, you know, just playing my role or whatever. And then uh, somebody gave me like $50. I'm like, oh, what is this for? I'm like, oh, I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you. So we get back to the hotel. I took pictures and all that stuff with them, with the family. We get back and my boy is with me. And he says, man, you know, uh, they were singing happy birthday to you, man. You didn't even, you didn't even say thank you or nothing. And I'm like, shit. So I had to call his mom back and I told her, like, I was just, so in the mode and you know coming in for your son i didn't even realize it was my birthday y'all giving me this money i'm thinking it's for gas for us for the rest of the trip or whatever you know and i'll never forget that day man and you know to this day you know his mom does her son passed away but she always hits me up on my birthday you know just to say thank you for coming to see my you know my son or whatever and then we laugh about 
<laughs> you know, me not knowing it's my birthday and all that good stuff. But that's one of the like thousands of memorable moments that I've had over the, you know, over this journey. Good stuff. All right. Should we wrap this up? See if you can get 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 home. Yeah, for real, y'all. If I get if I get stabbed by a crackhead, it's your fault, Venture Brothers. Oh no! <laughs> I'm gonna knock on wood just in case. Oh, <laughs> At least I got health insurance. Shit. That was very specific. Right. Well, well, that's, that's the way to say it, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, let's wrap it up. We're going to wrap it up. Wrap it up. If, everybody, if anybody want to, you know, plug their socials, go ahead, plug their socials right now. Oh, let's. I guess we should go in order, right? <laughs> yeah, you go, Shakir Fawn. Okay. Um, Y'all can find me on Instagram, uh, Shakir Fawn underscore cosplays. Uh, I'm on Instagram. Uh, what else am I on? TikTok, Facebook, <laughs> just Google. <laughs> uh, get home safe, CC. Oh, you're so sweet. I appreciate you. Um, so as for me, CC the Geek on pretty much every platform except on Twitter. I still use my old username, CC the Greek Geek. Um, if you have to choose uh, to follow one platform, I would let it. I would prefer it be HBCU Con <laughs> over CC the Geek. Um, if you don't want to follow us both, but at HBCU Con on all platforms, we also have a Twitch um, channel, official HBCU Con, all that. Just Google us. We got YouTube, all the things. Um, same, you know, you can Google me, whatever. But yeah, happy to be here. You guys are amazing. This really made my week. Uh, everybody, I'm Yuri Williams. Uh, Yuri Williams on Facebook. Uh, Future Superhero on Friends on Facebook. A Future Superhero on Twitter. A Future Superhero on Instagram. Uh, you can also visit a futuresuperhero.com and all the see all the stuff that we're doing. I got a movie documentary coming out. I forgot to tell you guys. Uh, it's in the film festival, so I'll keep you guys posted when this comes to Atlanta or down south and all that good stuff. So just hoping for the best. Thank y'all. That's how you know you lit. How do you forget you have a I documentary know. in a film festival? And I watched it 64 times. That's how crazy I am about it. So. <laughs> Gotta be good then. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, you guys can find me at Feminist Chronicles on Instagram and threads. I deleted my Twitter, so that's all I got. Um, and then you can also uh, see my work uh, and you know anything else that I have associated on my website, www.feministchronicles.com. And for anybody who is still on the godforsaken streets of Tumblr, find me on Tumblr, feminist-chronicles. I shitpost there all the time, and that's all I got. Thank you guys so much. You guys have been awesome. I've really enjoyed speaking with you guys. Hopefully we can do this again. <laughs> yes. Well, you can find me at Asian MK. I'm pretty much darn near everywhere, but it's been so overwhelming that I decided to make a website. So you can look at all of my socials and my random blogs and my other photos at www.asianmk.com. And it was so lovely just chatting with you all. I learned so much from every single last one of you. And I hope you all have a great night. And Cece, um, get home safe, please, because I, I don't wanna I don't wanna um 
you don't put blame on venture bros over here. <laughs> nah, he's fine. He'll be all right. I'll be fine. <laughs> I, these are the streets. Dang, y'all. Website, dang. But, um, hey, the dot com got me. You got dot com like that. I didn't <laughs> set my game. I'm y'all Google now, y'all. Okay, I'm like, okay, <laughs> let me ground myself. <laughs> but, um, no, uh, find your boy at Venture Bros um, Cosplay on Facebook. Uh, you can find me on IG and TikTok, Venture underscore underscore bros. Uh, Twitter, it's Venture Bros 2. And that's all I got. Find me at Cosplays by Shinobi on Instagram and on TikTok and on Twitter at Shinobi Cosplays. And uh, Yuri, I, I forgot, I need to get you on the record. You know, Super Bowl weekend, who you got? I ain't gonna say nothing else. Can you see it? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate everybody. Bang, this bang. has been a great shout out to Taft Car Design. He can't shout himself. Yes, Taft Car. The homie, the reigning black cosplayer of the year. Hey, hopefully we all could do this again soon. It was great talking to everybody. Uh, yeah, as I really appreciate everybody for jumping on. Uh, as always, black voices matter, black artists matter, black cosplayers matter, black stories matter, black culture matters, black lives matter. All of it. It all, um, yeah. Peace. Period. Bye. Hi, guys. Bye. Good night.